This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. RJ Balog. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order to release this week for our 75th episode. We're taking a break from the Criterion Collection proper and delving back into that Criterion laser disc creep uh, with, I guess this is spine number six, I haven't double checked, uh, in the mm-hmm. laser disc collection, Swing Time from 1936, directed by George Stevens. Um, we will be dancing and uh, gambling and such. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. first... RJ, yo, it's it snowed. It did snow. How about that? We got uh, it. Didn't, it wasn't this morning, but about nine thirty started to fall. We're uh, projected to get thirty centimeters today. Ooh. Is what they say. It's a, that's a foot, almost, just shy of a foot. Wow, that's we'll cr- see if it's true. Um, one good thing that came of it is that uh, we have new upstairs neighbors after like four Ooh. months of not having neighbors. Mm-hmm. And uh, I came home and our like whole sidewalk was all shoveled, which was real, nice. real swell of them. Real yeah. swell. Very appreciative people upstairs who will never listen to this podcast. They might. You don't know that. Could be Josh Frazier or uh, <laughs> Oliver Granger living up there. You would never know. Uh, maybe. <laughs> two women like, don't don't assume things dude god that's what got us in trouble the first time yeah yeah whatever yeah, it snowed yeah it's cold uh i hate snow uh people are always like yeah but you live in canada it's like yeah i know that doesn't mean i'm not allowed to hate snow yeah brick uh i just saw that uh, creepsville here uh in southern alberta our our hometown uh is there was like a meteorological survey or some something like that some kind of weather thing and uh lethbridge is one of the top five wor- most miserable winters in canada mm. of any city so that's nice to know the hits keep coming for us oh i i think that's an exaggeration it's not that bad is it i don't, uh, I don't think so but apparently uh w- some weather guy thought so some asshole with a degree yeah I don't know. I, I've I've heard like Toronto. It's not as much snow, but it's like wicked cold. So that sounds pretty bad too. Mm-hmm. But what what do we know? Jer? Nothing. Well, we know podcasts about mm-hmm. Criterion movies. I guess that's a stretch. Even yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't hey, know. I heard a fun story today that With, I thought might interest you. Sure. Do you like um, that UFC? Uh, I don't like it, but I watch it. So you like the that ultimate fighting? Uh, I appreciate the mixed martial arts. Yeah. So uh, there's this guy who works at Bailog Auction who uh, came in today, and uh, he was in Vegas last week because Vegas had this big rodeo. Okay. And this guy's name's Doug, right? And he's like 45, maybe. So he's there with his wife, and they're at uh, some casino somewhere just kind of hanging out. And uh, this guy kind of strolls in with an entourage, and uh, people are snapping pictures. And he was looking, and he's like, I don't know who that is. He's like, I don't care. Uh, but he's standing with his wife, uh, and like he had, he, he had said he just bought this really huge beer, like a huge beer can. So he's like, I'm just going to stand here and drink this beer. And uh, this guy comes up and starts talking to uh, Doug's wife. And he's like, all right. And then he sees this guy put an arm around her and start kind of moving his hand up and down on her back. And then his hand gets lower and lower and starts just kind of rubbing her butt. And uh, Doug, like, he's not he's not um, an angry man or a confrontational man. I've never seen him like that ever. 
uh, even in very frustrating times with cattle. And uh, <laughs> apparently he was just like, uh, he, he's just a nice guy. He was just like, whoa, 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 what the fuck? So he went and he pushed this guy real hard. And uh, the guy was like, he's like, hey, I'm having a private conversation with this lady. And uh, Doug was like, well, that's my wife, you fucker. And uh, so the guy was like, oh, really? And so uh, Doug, um, apparently, with his one free hand, started to try to give this guy some shots right in the chest. <laughs> what? And because uh, he, 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 was, he was drunk and he's like, this guy's gra- grabbing okay. my wife's ass you, you, and told you, me to you, get you, out of here. You forgot to mention that part where he was drunk. <laughs> well, I'm just assuming. Like he... Okay, maybe he wasn't. Actually, I don't know that. I'm just assuming. But he was drinking a huge beer. So he was he was giving this guy, trying to punch this guy, right? But he said the guy was, uh, um, like, he was hitting him, but the guy, was, like, wasn't phased at all by it. Mm-hmm. And then this huge arm just kind of came around and grabbed him by the neck and pulled him in real close. And it was, like, the guy. Yeah. And he said he squished the hell out of his beer in between the two of them. <laughs> so his huge beer just got squished. And he said, he was like, I was so close to him that uh, he was like, I was just trying to trying to give him shots he's like i don't think it was doing anything he's like it didn't feel like it was doing anything so um the guy just kind of had him in a headlock and he was trying to punch him in the gut get him in and the then, clinch. Uh, yeah get him in the clinch and uh this guy's entourage came up and separated everything and then uh bouncers were there and all sorts of stuff and uh, it kind of got sorted out there was no pleasantries afterwards they went their separate ways and sure. doug went his separate way um and then all the people that were with doug were, were like what the fuck were you doing and he's like, what? He's like, that asshole was grabbing her ass, uh, like out of nowhere. And they're like, dude, that was Nick Diaz. So I don't know if you know who that <laughs> oh, guy is. Yeah, I, I know. I've heard of a, I, we, we all know Nick Diaz. Nick Diaz. Uh, yeah. So he was at one time a champion, right? No, no, he, no. He's just like, a he's a celebrity, a fighter. Uh, I, I'd say he's not a celebrity, but he's like becomes a celebrity because of his running his mouth. Um, ah. and he, he, uh, famously made George St. Pierre a lot of money by talking a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, no, there's like the Diaz brothers. There's Nick and Nate. Uh, mm-hmm. Nate actually fought, uh, and beat, uh, Conor McGregor once and uh, mm-hmm. choked choked him out the first time and they fought again and it swung differently that time. But yeah, Nick Diaz, he's like uh his claim to fame really is like smoking lots of pot and like uh, not not giving a shit and getting suspended gotcha. a lot and uh, having a lot of disdain for like basic composure and rules and whatnot. He's hilarious, but mm-hmm. uh yeah, that's uh I wonder what was up with him just like so- p- pawing up Doug's wife. That's like, so, like yeah. seriously, it's like this was the craziest shit we ever heard. It's like there's there's a lot of there's a, probably a lot of like people in Vegas, and he's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna single cool. out this lady here and right now, just like over forty, like just quiet Canadian woman. He just like goes over to her and makes some moves. So Doug was saying how the next day there was like pictures in uh, like one of the Vegas papers or something about yeah. it. So I try I tried to Google it and. Uh, I uh, I put up um, what's his name Nick Diaz uh, and then something in Google and one of the first things that popped up from like two months ago was Rampage Jackson challenges Nick Diaz for trying to steal his date. So apparently, <laughs> two two three months ago Nick Diaz went up to like was at an event and that Rampage was at and was like putting the moves on his girlfriend too. So I guess that's just what he does. He goes around sleezing it up and like trying to get on other people's women <laughs> that's pretty gross yeah it is gross isn't it huh. 
But uh, I heard that today, and I was like, man, uh, I was like, if he had thrown one punch, you you were, you were one punch away of having more money than you would ever know what to do with. Yeah, that that would have been a nice lawsuit. So, um, anyways, I thought you might be interested because huh. I know you like the ultimate fighting sometimes. Yeah, that's some that's some that's wacky. <laughs> yeah, thanks for sharing. I thought so too. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's a fun story to start our laser disc episode. Fantastic. Hey, RJ. Yeah. Uh, we're not being told these tales of Vegas, Lee's. Uh, what you yeah. what you been creeping on this week? Well, Jer, uh, I uh, I did something this week um, of my own volition, uh, completely uninfluenced by uh, anyone else's actions or what they were doing. Uh, last week, you brought up um, if I was excited about that new Star Wars movie, that mm-hmm. Last Jedi. Yeah, and uh, I believe my response was hell no, um, and I think. That was more or less the case until the movie came out and it was getting pretty divisive. Critics were liking it, but fans were hating it. Mm, and uh, you brought I think you brought this to my attention. No, you 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 uh, asked you sent me a message saying, have you seen these audience scores? And I was like, what are you yeah. talking about? And then you're like, 53 percent. And I was like what and so yeah i checked it out and sure enough both uh metacritic and rotten tomatoes were reporting these like really low audience scores which mm-hmm. is really weird because like you know someone letterbox i'm like looking over my like pool of people uh i mean obviously i'm going to follow people who like are not completely out to lunch as far yeah. as like my my taste go so it's going to be kind of like there's there's, there's going to be like a means and like there's been like one person that like Next, right now, there's probably two people who outright didn't like the movie. But one yep. one of those people is like a wild card. The other person is pretty consistent in not liking mm-hmm. anything that's like mainstream studio stuff. But everyone else likes this movie. Like everyone says, right. this is pretty good. So this idea that like 56 percent of people are only liking this, which means like 48 percent are mm-hmm. disliking it, whatever whatever the math is off the top of my head. That's not math. Uh, that's not maths. Um, <laughs> but like, so I was like, what the hell's going on? But you think I started reading like the the, the quality of these reviews and like what these, what, who, uh-huh. who, are, who are these people? And there's like a lot of zero stars, RJ, right. a lot of zero out of tens on all these people just complaining. Mm. You'll, you'll see the occasional comment about like SJWs and liberal oh, no. agendas. And it's like, is this like a MRA thing? Is there, yeah. like, is there something going on here? But then like, so there is like some, I haven't seen any recent reports today, but like some people are like trying to, figure out what is up with that because it doesn't make any sense like even if like this is this is reality i don't think there's that many people honestly hate this movie but i did see some comment about like somebody on facebook making a claim that they've like created bots to basically Mm -hmm. uh bring down the score of this fucking movie and it's like that makes sure that makes a lot more sense because like because like right like so right now i think uh, we'll, we'll see what happens over the next like couple weeks to see how it all pans out. But mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. Anyway, I think the divisiveness is weird. But when I started hearing about it, it definitely made me go, man, I had like very little mm-hmm. interest in seeing this movie. But now I really want to see it just to see what people are yeah. hating on. Um, but I do know that one yeah. person that is a real life person, uh, mm-hmm. 
my uh, friend Ira, he made the comment on Twitter along the lines of that it's like the best Star Wars movie wrapped inside of the worst Star Wars movie. Um, mm. And so I was like, well, now I really want to I wonder see. what that means. I wonder what that means. Exactly. Yeah. It's, uh, it's so uh, a different viewpoint. Um, the, uh, the, like, the guy who keeps books at Bailog Auction, like an accountant, yep. his uh, 17, 8-year-old, or no, like 18, 19-year-old daughter, she went to it. And uh, she liked it, but she said she could see why people didn't because it was uh, it looked different than Star Wars movies normally do. Hmm. And I was like, that's a weird thing to say. Hmm. I was like, I wonder what that means from this like young girl who, by all accounts, is would it would have been the target audience for this. Right. So uh, anyways, um, so we saw that and I was like, man, that's kind of weird. Uh, I was my curiosity was piqued as well as yours. Yeah. So um, completely of uh, my own accord, uh, and and no one else did this before I did. Uh, I took about to watch the uh, original Star Wars trilogy this weekend. Um, yeah. Uh, so Jarrett, I saw Jarrett watched A New Hope on Saturday, and I uh, I berated him with how big of a nerd he was, and uh, you know, a hypocrite and just a loser. <laughs> just the biggest kind of loser. Uh, and then I was like, well, you know what? I, I might, I better watch them too. Just so I can, <laughs> just so I can, uh, um, so we can have, you know, a little bit of, uh, a discussion, a little back and forth. Oh my God. Yeah, okay. What, what is, what needs to be discussed about fucking Star Wars at this point? Not much. Not, not mu- much. Not, not much. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, so my motivation is, I've been wanting to watch the original movies again for like years. Um, it's probably been at least since the early 2000s since I've watched them last. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am a, uh, I guess if I'm a Star Wars fan, I'm a lapsed fan, uh, and, and I'm going to be a, I'm going to be a purist about it. And like, I only want the original mm-hmm. cuts. I don't want the special edition mm-hmm. one. I don't want special edition two. I want like weak. I want everything the way it was uh, when those movies came out. And uh, so that's what I have, which I, it's on the, there's like one version of the DVD that they came out with where they were like the special features. Uh, the only downside is that the movies are only available in uh, non-anamorphic and they're laser, they're laser disc versions. So they're, they're not hmm. even like. It's weird. Yeah. Well, that's because they're punishing people. Like they wanted to say, uh, hey, you like that version? Well, fuck you. You get this. You get it dumped on this DVD. Ha ha ha. And that's like, yeah. that's the last time it was officially released in that way. Um, the hope now, obviously, uh, since in the past week, uh, Disney has bought 20th Century Fox mm-hmm. and they now completely outright own Star Wars because 20th Century Fox still owned uh, the, yeah. the, the New Hope until then, until then. So now there's nothing stopping them from like releasing those movies the way they should be watched, I guess. So mm-hmm. it's a wait and see. But in the meantime, I, I had lost patience and I wanted to watch these movies again because it's been forever. Mm-hmm. And I think they are still pretty amazing, awesome yes. pieces of cinema. Uh, and yeah, I don't know. What, what do you want to talk about, RJ? What did what did well, you I'm not, what did I'm not you discover about Star Wars? I mean, yeah, there's like hey, I'm, I, I, cause like like full on like no, I, I love Star Wars. Um, I don't give a sure. fuck about Star Wars after Phantom Menace. Like, I I even saw Phantom Menace three times in theater when it came out because I was in high school and mm-hmm. Star Wars was awesome and you just loved Star Wars. That was it. And um, fuck if I yep. know, man, I. 
I've played the those everything. I collected toys. I played goddamn decipher card games. I played the oh, super the super Star Wars games on the Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Um, those are dope. I have watched. I mean, from having worked at a comic book store for like a huge chunk of my life, I have been able to like watch as every like square inch of. Star Wars has been capitalized on and like Mm -hmm. every nook and cranny of those movies have been explored in the form of toys and merchandise like Mm -hmm. every like little side little character in Maz Eisley or whatever there's a toy for them everything has been made uh, something you can buy so it's like watching these movies again after a long time of seeing all this stuff I'm like oh yeah that I remember when this was just like this novel little toss away thing that like you know, Henson Studios would have just tossed out and you wouldn't even thought about. But no, it was Star yeah. Wars, so it's more valuable, even though it's just like, oh, that's just like a thing. It's like a little like three-eyed pig demon-y monster. And it's just like, that's all it was. But now it's like, oh, it's got a toy. And it's got a name. It has some ridiculous name, which, of course, I was reminded of while watching these. I was like Google searching some of them. Like, what's the name of that guy? Sure enough, that thing has a Wikipedia page on the Wiki- mm-hmm. Wikipedia. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. So... Star Wars, RJ. You're, sh- you're showing your true colors here, nerd. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm. Th- I'm with you, man. There's not much to say. I like these movies too. Who didn't? We would, uh, me and my uh, two buddies, we would pop in the that VHS set all any any other weekend and watch it, and then play some video games, a little Shadow and the Empire on N64. Yeah, there, there, there's another one. Yeah, the Super Star Wars games, all that shit. So it was wicked good. Yep. Um, everyone knows that. Uh, so I got, uh, it's been probably f- five plus years since I've watched any of these two. So I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll watch them too. Just maybe, maybe I'll get excited for this new one. Um, and it's like, yeah, those old ones are wicked good. Uh, I actually like f- years ago, I got for Christmas one year, uh, a Blu-ray set with episodes one to six. Yep. The, the and, complete uh, saga, the complete saga. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, it was interesting watching it this time because these are the ones that uh, had the meddling with. Well, the, the, these, um, and these are yeah, these are the ones that you would have been watching were the special edition twos, which yeah. have like even like have blinking in them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So there's like oh, that's like that's what it is. Hey, <laughs> yeah, where yeah the screen because I've been me me and Andrea have been watching and I was like, what is that? It's in all of these. It's very weird. Like the screen just blinks. Like it's almost like there's a like a something cut out of it. Well, so it's not that. Like I'm talking about literally. Like they put they put eyelids. Like there's like characters that now have eyelids because they're like, well, it's it's more realistic for a wicket to blink or Jabba to blink. And like that. That's what I mean. Like literally, character creature things that didn't have like. eyelids now have eyelids because that's what was really taking me out of the movies before and why I never liked them until they did them. Mm. Uh, or like the Sarlacc creature is like more enhanced and isn't just yeah. like a hole in the ground. It's like, no, it's got like bits and pieces floating around in it. It looks so great. Mm-hmm. Doesn't it, RJ? It doesn't look so fucking good. And yeah. isn't, it, isn't it better that fucking Hayden Christensen shows up at the end of Return yeah. of the fucking Jedi? That's... That's the worst one. So, yeah, there's lots of stuff like that. But anyways, there yeah. is like in all these movies, there's like pauses sometimes. And I was like, that's so weird. Uh, but it, and it's the Blu-rays themselves, too. They're like really slow to load. Like when you put it in, it takes like three minutes for them to come up. And I was like, what is it? I was like, is our Blu-ray player like shot? But I tried a different one and it was fine. I was like, maybe these Blu-rays are just fucking weird. I don't know. Uh, but anyways, um. 
the uh yeah the the effects is weird because there is a lot of enhancement uh and so like with andrea she was like uh she had watched these when she was a little kid mm-hmm. and not near as much as say you or me have right so like she didn't really remember these at all hmm. so she was like kind of fresh going into it yeah. and um <clears throat> even so like she was like she didn't realize that like vader was luke's dad for a while what? until like <laughs> until like huh. until like uh, 10 minutes before the reveal in empire she's like wait a minute is that his dad she's like is that how that works again i was like oh yeah that my is God. so like she was she was like kind of out of it because she 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 was just a kid who watched it like one time when she was five <sighs> wow so um, anyways she was kind of like uh she was new to it and then at the end of jedi when uh, Luke sees like a ghost Yoda and ghost Obi Wan, and then ghost uh, Anakin, yeah, uh, but it's Hayden Christensen. Andrew's like, "Who the fuck is that guy?" Because we had watched them yeah. four, five, six, and so her response was pretty genuine. She was just like, "Who the fuck is this guy? Where does he come to play in these movies?" And I was like, "Oh, hon." I was like, "Let me tell you." <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's it's interesting watching those ones now because uh he he did some tinkering and it's it's quite obvious and it doesn't look great so whatever but uh yeah those are cool movies uh we're also going to watch them prequels uh because we have some nostalgic for it like phantom menace came out in 99 so we were both nine so we watched that last night it's not a great movie it's kind of goofy but uh uh andrew's actual this is a real quote when we were watching uh, A New Hope. She was like, "Which one has that uh, funny duck guy in it?" I was like, "Oh, that's uh, I was like, that's the first one. We'll get there." Funny so, duck guy. Jar Jar. Oh. Yeah, that's right. Oh. oh. So uh, yeah, we watched up to Phantom Menace. <laughs> duck guy. Uh, huh. Duck guy. And uh, that's all fine. Um, Darth Maul is really cool in Phantom Menace. That's wicked. Yeah. Uh, so we got the worst one uh, tonight or tomorrow in Clone Wars. That one's pretty bad. Attack of the Clones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Attack of the Clones. Yeah. Uh, I remember Revenge of the Sith being okay. Revenge of the and Sith the- has like two pretty great moments. <laughs> it's got oh, it's got more than that. Uh, with that Emperor, where he's like, no, no. All the no's are awesome. There's there's good moments, so we'll get there. Indeed. Um, but anyways, we're watching Star Wars. Yep. Sweet. Uh, I actually have one real creep this week, though. Oh. That I watched late last night. Oh, uh, can, we, can we talk about one thing really quickly from uh, my rewatch of uh, so New Hope? Um, I, I, I like. There's always the thing about like, oh, Han shoot or Greedo shooting first and Han retaliating. That's bullshit. Because yeah. in, in the version you watched, uh, Greedo did shoot first still, and then yes. Han shot. Right? Okay. So in the version I watched, Han shot first. Ha ha ha. Nerd nerd nerd. But the thing that like I forgot about is like how much of a murder hobo Han Solo is <laughs> in these. Like, there's the bit after that where. There's like the they, when they uh, jump, they come out of hyperdrive and uh, mm-hmm. they sh- just show up to where Aldron should be, and it's just like been blown up. And then uh, they're like, "Oh, what the hell's going on?" But then a Tie Fighter comes out of nowhere, and I was like, "Oh, it's a Tie Fighter. We gotta blow it up." And I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, <laughs> slow down there!" And like Obi Wan's like, "Hey, maybe we shouldn't do that." And I was like, "No, let's, we'll just kill this guy." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, nope. "Oh, Han Solo just like kills folk, doesn't he?" No um, problem there. Nope, no problem there. Um, what was some other stuff? Uh, yeah, these movies are cool. I, actually, the one thing that was really interesting was, so, like, the first time I think probably most kids watch Star Wars, like the first one, mm-hmm. uh, you're seeing Peter Cushing for the very first time ever. 
Yeah. And you're just like, yeah, oh, I know what you're he's, he's just Grand, he's just Grand Moff Tarkin. That's all he mm-hmm. is. It's all he ever was. But it's like now having watched like, you know, like a dozen or so like Peter Cushing movies and seeing him mm-hmm. like in lots of stuff, you're like, oh, there he is. He doesn't really yep. get he doesn't really get much to do in this movie. Like he's just kind of there. No. That that's like the one thing like of the of the three movies, there's not enough Empire stuff in there. Yeah. Which I guess is like fine but it's like because mm-hmm. i always like remember like as the movies go on the empire stuff is so good uh mm-hmm. they're all british and they all refer to princess leia as princess leia um uh, it's, it's, yeah. the, it's the real commander supreme commander snoke of uh yeah of the exactly Star Wars yeah. world what about count dooku and uh attack of the clones okay no yeah but christopher lee's no. cool at least yeah no no <laughs> no no uh, I, I do have some notes actually about Star Wars. Oh uh, shit, you're in, you're into it. You okay. are a nerd. Oh, I did. Okay, so there's these, okay. Are, these, these are like things that like I love the. Okay, I love these movies. Like whatever. Mm-hmm. There's like funny things where it's Go like. Go for it. Uh, so when Luke Skywalker arrives back at the uh the the homestead uh, after yeah uh the finding that all the Jawas murdered uh yeah he, he shows up but because of the way the editing is he's like Aunt Beru, Uncle Owen. As like the farmhouse is burning, like he's there, mm-hmm. and he's just like, "Hey guys, where you at? <laughs> What's up, guys? What's for dinner? What? What? what oh, there's a fire. Oh, <laughs> like it's mm-hmm. very, very squeaky, uh, Luke. The, the reading is a little bit off, but that's fine. Right. Um, but yeah, like the other thing was like, so having like watched since watching Star Wars. Over 15 years ago, I've now seen like the Star Wars knockoffs, like all the movies mm-hmm. that like were made after Star Wars and like inspired by it. And I'm watching right. this movie, and I'm just like, man, this movie is so well shot. Like the cinematography mm-hmm. and like the editing and pacing are like so good. Um, mm-hmm. And like people always, I don't know, people shit on the first one because all oh, George Lucas is much of a director. And I don't know, like there's always the story that like actually, uh, fittingly enough, Brian De Palma. Uh, stepped into like the editing booth and like edited this movie into what it was like turned it into being this like kind of sloppy mess and turned into, mm-hmm. into and turned it into star wars like uh, who knows that's like some people always say well i had a big impact on how this thing played out in the end and i just don't get any credit for it not a big deal just want everyone to know that but yeah uh, based on like where george lucas went as a filmmaker maybe mm-hmm. there's there's something to that um, I really like C-3PO dumping Jawa corpses into a burning pile in the background. <laughs> yeah, even uh, Andrea said that. She's like, shit, that android is cold as ice. And then, but then, like, then they go to Maz Eisley, and then C-3PO's going off on Jawas. And he's like, oh, they're yeah. just loathsome creatures. And it's like, whoa, did C-3PO take some joy in like, burning these little bodies up? I, I mm-hmm. don't know. Uh, but yeah, like, the technical effects in this movie are just, like, so superb. Like, all the, like, the ships and, like, that stuff it looks amazing um mm-hmm. the destruction of alderaan is kind of underwhelming like i've always like even when i was a kid yeah. i was just like oh they blew up that planet you don't really get the sense that like you know billions of lives have just been extinguished <laughs> like it's just kind of like oh like obi-wan sells it like he's got mild indigestion he's like oh oh so, mm-hmm. geez feel something feels off oh i got a bit of a headache um one thing, so the other thing, so everyone always shits on Star Wars for like the dialogue mm-hmm. being like real cornball and dumb or whatever. And at times yeah. it is, but I would actually go out, like, uh, be bold here and say that oh. so at, at, at times the dialogue is actually very reminiscent of uh, Howard Hawks, whose like stuff was always like mm-hmm. kind of had this like pitter patter and quickness and like it's always about like it's like moving the action around when it isn't like mm-hmm. that kind of like 
uh, epic sort of adventure speak where people just speak in ridiculousness. Like every time Darth Vader talks, Darth Vader says a lot of dumb stuff. Like in yeah. all these movies, like every time he's like talking about circles being complete and your this is your greatest failure. I all I hear now is uh, Hayden Christensen in those uh, earlier <laughs> movies, and it's like uh-huh. that Darth Vader says some dumb fucking shit. Like he he's like. He looks amazing, but his yeah. like his actual like the philosophy of like the Jedi stuff, it's so dumb. Like mm-hmm. it's 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 real kid kiddie stuff, and like I can't believe that there's people who like really get into this. Um, it, it's never been, and it was never. And <laughs> Can you think, describe some of those people? Those people, uh, they might be on some sort of spectrum, is what I'm getting at. Oh, some end of some spectrum, some, somewhere along there. Okay. All right. Okay. okay. Gotcha. Um, yeah. And yeah, uh, the, the, the sound design of the battle of Yavin four, my, oh my, that, that is some, it is incredible. Just like the, mm-hmm. the sound of ships. There's no like uh, big driving force throughout the whole sequence. Like you think about like how simple that, ba- that, that whole battle sequence is. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, it's so coherent. And it's, I mean, it's repetitive. I've heard some people talk about it being like, it's just three shots over and over again. I'm like, yeah, but it's so great. Like, it's like, it's pretty intense. It's like really well done. Mm-hmm. Um, and then M- Empire Strikes Back. Um, the best? Uh, see, I don't even know if, I think, like, I like, it's good. You don't like, think it's the best? No, I mean, it, it's, cra- I'm like probably the only person that doesn't think that. Like, I think it's as good as the first movie. Like, I'd say okay. that like, part of the thing I don't like is how it, it really splits in half, like mm-hmm. for like a huge chunk of it. So you open, it opens up with like the strange Wampa bit, which is always like, right. I think it's like, but maybe a little bit, actually it's maybe one of the improvements in the special edition is you actually get to see the Wampa creature. Whereas in the mm-hmm. original cut, it's like a, a Muppet in a hand. And that's about all you get. Um, and then for some reason, after Luke, like, cuts off the arm of the wampa he like just runs out of the cave to freeze to death and it's like why, why didn't he just like finish off this wampa and like hang out in the cave it's at least a shelter but no he had, you're like, asking questions you don't want no, answers well, to. this is like the thing it's like this for the this movie that's like absolutely perfect it's like the one thing that's always I, bugged me yeah. watching this movie is like why did he leave the cave because like, there's no yeah. reason for him to have done that like that's really dumb yeah. you know he knows better he's on an ice <laughs> he's on an ice planet this is true this is true. I'm gonna let you finish too. I, I was just gonna say it's funny because Andrea was uh, she was picking apart these movies too. Yeah. Like she enjoyed watching them. Yeah. And like not in a mean way, but she's just like these movies got a lot of holes, man. Oh yeah. I was like that, I was like yeah they do. Empire's got lots of stuff that like and, uh, oh, I don't know. Yeah, she's like why did this happen? Why did that happen? <laughs> and uh, there was one she was like she's like why the fuck do these stormtroopers even wear armor? It's like they just <laughs> die when they get hit in the knee. And I was uh, like by indigenous flesh eating teddy bears. Yeah, hey yeah. man, I like Ewoks. Oh, I, hey, I, hey, I'm gonna let you finish, but yeah. I, I actually really like Jedi. Oh, um, hey, dude, dude, yeah. let, 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 let me let me finish here. Okay, so all right, all right, uh, keep so, going. Oh, so with Empire, uh, Empire's got like I, I forget, like so the other like the hmm. I, I wouldn't even call him like underappreciated because he's definitely like known and famous, but like John Williams, holy fuck, yeah. like the, the scores in these goddamn movies are mm-hmm. goddamn amazing. Shit, like, yeah. like I can't even, like it's kind of like these are like amongst like probably some of the, the best music ever written. Like, like it, sure. it's not just in movies. Like it's like these are incredible scores. Like these are like 
pretty amazing, like orchestral scores, and mm-hmm. they deserve all the acc- accolades they get. Because I mean, you get like the like, I forgot that the Imperial March doesn't even appear until the Empire. Because the first movie, yeah. it's got like all the classic scores, but like the most probably iconic music, which is the Imperial March, which gets used more than I think even Star Wars does, mm-hmm. uh, usually ironically. But it's mm-hmm. it's incredible. Yeah, like there's like so much like, and the other thing, these movies are all like two hours each. And they like they just mm-hmm. like fucking go and rush and like like it's like they're over in no time. Uh, my uh, favorite bit of John Williams' score, I think, is the um, the oh god, asteroid field music, like that that oh, yeah. like, super swelling when they're like flying out and like avoiding the Tie Fighters mm-hmm. initially. That that music has always like been so wicked, yeah. and I think it's like actually because of the video game. <laughs> yeah, probably yeah. those Super Star Wars games were really, really good. They are. Uh, yeah. They were hard, super fucking hard. hard. Oh, yeah, you had to I, turn it down uh, easy, and even then, you with, would maybe need with, a game like the Super Game Genie or oh, something man. like that, or uh, codes, just like unlimited hearts and invis- invincibility, just to make it through. And that's like yeah, you have to have every single thing on because you'll run yep. out of force. <laughs> and uh, yep. like starting at the very be- end of the game, it's like fucking impossible. Like yep. getting through that like final mm-hmm. run where you have to like fly through all the like. Um, uh, Crimson Guard and stuff like that, and getting to the oh, getting to the Vader, it is it's hard, so, but so much fun, so much fun. It's it's really fun. Hey, I just want to say, uh, my favorite music in these movies is uh, at the end of Jedi when uh, Luke is showing off his impressive uh, swordsmanship. Yeah, uh, when he's just uh, oh yeah, just like hacking the fuck yeah. out of Vader, and the music's oh. like really kind of like. Like I don't know, it's like yeah. oh yeah, it's, it's, incre- it's a little somber and it's oh, it's, it's it's very nice. Oh, that's yeah, that's like prob- that's no. the best. Okay, so okay, so Jedi. So I think that like Je- Jedi gets unfairly shit on as like this yeah. like as, as a bad movie or something or like this huge disappointment, and it's like people are nuts. Like there's like. There, okay, I will definitely say that is mm-hmm. it is the least sophisticated as far as like film craft goes at times, and there's like some sure. real like d- bad like aesthetic choices that like mm-hmm. I I think that they could be removed and people would probably be better with it. Like the burping sarlacc, <laughs> like after like oh, after sure. Boba Fett yeah. goes into it, it's like burp, and it's like uh. ugh. And then like there's like even before there's like yeah. the, the toad eating out front of the Jabba's palace thing. It's kind of like yeah. what's the point of what was that? Like that seems off. And then of course there's mm-hmm. like. Uh, when the when Ewok steals one of the uh, land speeders in like in to lure the stormtroopers off or the scout troopers, mm-hmm. that that's like a little that's like awesome. that's a little I, I love that part. That, that's a little prequely. <laughs> that's a little prequely. But uh, and oh yeah, the fourth one that's like that jumped out at me is like yeah, this doesn't kill me, but I can see people being like this. This is weird. Why is this here with uh, Chewbacca and his Tarzan uh, yowl when he gets and takes over one of the Imperial walkers. The AT, yeah, the a, that's the, fun. The ATSD, it's fun, but people don't want apparently fun Star Wars sometimes. <laughs> like that's yeah. that's the only like thing I conclude. Like those are four things that I was like, those are like bad judgment calls by the director, and they that they also feel like this is like what George Lucas winds up doing is like he takes those like four things, and then he like mm-hmm. you know what I think we need like about eighteen times more of that in all the rest of the Star Wars movies. Cause I think mm-hmm. that's what people really wanted, even though I've been told like from my whole life, I'll return of the Jedi is kind of a disappointment. I think they're wrong though. So I'm going to do it even more like way more. Yeah. And that's, and that's where it's like 
horrendous. But yeah, no, right. Return of the Jedi is awesome. Like I've always loved this movie. Mm-hmm. I, I think it is like so satisfying of, of a movie. Uh, yeah. Jabba in the palace shit. That stuff is so inc- awesome. It's, it's, it's so cool. Yeah. Uh, the speeder bike chase on Endor mm-hmm. is like amazing. Like I think, uh, I don't know. I don't even know what to compare it to. Like it's so exciting. Again, mm-hmm. it comes back to that sound design, just like in the Battle of Yavin Four. Here, mm-hmm. it's like it's so great. Uh, the Emperor is like one of my all-time favorite characters in all of movies. He's so funny because he's evil he's, and he's, he fucking and, loves it, and he's so sarcastic. Yeah, <laughs> he's yeah. like, "Oh, your little friends, they're not going to be up the tick down the shield." It's like Ben yeah. Stiller in uh, Happy Gilmore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, he's he's awesome, man. Uh, my my buddy Hammy, he he always goes full emperor. He's always like Ehh! because he's like kind of balding now, <laughs> and he always wears his hood up, and he he loves that shit too. But um, yeah, no, I'm with you, dude. Uh, when I was a kid, Jedi was my favorite. Uh, because I thought it was wicked. It is like that. Oh, op- the whole opening with uh, Jabba the Hut, all that stuff is fucking awesome. One of the, all uh, the, the action sequence, like the whole like all of all it, the bar- yeah. that stuff is so like so well done. Yeah. It, but people like I don't know. They just like I mean, there's like if you break down what is Luke's plan. Luke's plan is very oh. Luke's plan is so bad. <laughs> it's oh, like yeah. wait, yeah. so what, so what's like what happened to Princess? What happened to Leia? Like what, she she's like in this like outfit now. And you're like oh. What what's going on? And then she strangles. She like makes a real point of like strangling Jabba the Hutt to death like right away. And I was just like, yeah. is this the uh, Rose McGowan wish fulfillment mm-hmm. with Harvey Weinstein type of shit or oh, what? Fuck. Well, even Andrea said that too. She was like, she's like, what's his plan here? It's like, did Leia get raped by that like slug thing? Uh, there's no well, there's no rape in Star Wars, I I believe. Not is. yet, but uh, oh, we'll oh. we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what eight has in store. Yeah. But uh, no, yeah, because even Andrew's like, man, his plan sucks. Like, he doesn't go in with his lightsaber when he could have easily just done that to begin with. But he's like, I'm going to hide it out here. We're going to get arrested. We're going to sneak somewhere else. And then I'm going to do the most crazy acrobatics you've ever seen off of diving boards. Mm -hmm. All that said, I still love it. Like, I think that Jabba stuff is wicked cool. Uh, I love Ewoks. I think they're awesome. Yeah. Uh, I I heard something fun. I don't know if it was true or not, but like – the Ewok language was like an, some old Chinese lady that they got drunk and just <laughs> let, let talk. I don't know if it's true, uh, but I, you know what? Why why would I doubt anything I read on the internet? Exactly. Um, yeah, and uh, all the end stuff with just Vader and uh, the Emperor and Luke, where it's like all that stuff's going on on Endor, and they're just hanging out, and Emperor's like, he's like, oh, you, it'd be re- it's, it, it's, this all you, is so sad for you. You, you want this? You want? <laughs> Oh. Why else would you come? <laughs> just you, feel, let, feel it, let it course through your veins. You, you uh. know, my favorite is when uh, he's like over him when before Vader has his big moment. Yeah. And he's like, now Luke Skywalker, you will die. <laughs> and then, that fucking. Yeah. See, it's, 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 fun, it's funny because like my memory is like there's like even like more edits in there. So because like I think like the whole battle of endor is like those like that final act of that movie is just so good like from when mm-hmm. they from when uh han and stuff they get like kind of kidnapped and then the ewoks save them uh that like up to that point it's like 
like a good it's a good Star Wars movie it's fun but then like yeah. when the actual big final battle shows up and like when the rebels show up to like blow up the Death Star and then you have uh, Luke with Vader and the Emperor you have the big space battle which like is the some like the best space battle I think I've ever mm-hmm. seen in any movie or TV show I think yep. it holds up so well the music's great and then you have mm-hmm. like the Battle of Endor stuff going down on the ground uh, with the again the uh, little indigenous flesh eating teddy bears Fuck, they're cool. They're like Wicked is like my cat when he's like it's like there's like a bit where like he like totally curls into Han's like mm-hmm. knee. He's like, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, it's like my cat. He just wants. Pets. They are like cats because they're cold blooded killers too. Mm-hmm. Like I love at the end when they're using all of like the deceased fucking stormtrooper helmets as like uh, drums and stuff. What, what happened to all the that delicious flesh? What do you what do you think happened to it? They were trying to eat Han and Luke at the no, start. I, I, exactly. Nub nub. Yeah. They don't eat them. Um, so like I don't know. Like this this movie is was eighty three and uh I think like mm-hmm. a lot of shit that people always will complain about with the third part of movies. Like so like Indiana Joe's Last Crusade's got kind of this mm-hmm. like goofier, lighter tone. Um like Back to the Future Three when they go to the West. People like hate yeah. on those movies, but I'm like, they're f- like f- entertaining, fine movies. Mm-hmm. Um but like uh, I don't know. I think like Return of the Jedi's got some of the best stuff in the series yeah. and uh mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's pretty pretty great. It's pretty great. Since you brought it up, uh, Last Crusade was always my favorite Indiana Jones too is when that, I was a kid. Because you like Sean Connery? It is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I always thought that was really good um, and I loved it. And uh, I like Back to the Future 3 too. Who doesn't want to be a cowboy? Uh, cowboy? People who aren't who don't want to be cowboys, I guess. Hey, shut up. Uh, but yeah, these are cool movies, eh? They are... Yeah, they, they they're awesome. Uh, I wish that people would realize that there are other movies in the world, and then like they could yeah. like move on with their lives and be like, "Yeah, Star Wars is cool. You don't have to like only watch and think about Star Wars and buy shit because you're such a fan." It's like there's like way better. There's like there are better movies than Star Wars. There like there really this is. is. But it's like so, I mean, doesn't mean that Star Wars isn't awesome because like, I think they are awesome. I haven't watched them forever. Watch them again. I'm like, yep. It's like nostalgia for me though. I could like mm-hmm. kind of get why someone wouldn't get into these movies and that's fine it's cool mm-hmm. we're all entitled to our opinions um yeah no i'm i'm with you dude that's uh that was kind of the whole reason why i when i saw you were re-watching them i was like yeah, i'll get I'll, I'll watch them too because they like i still have i have as much nostalgic attachment to it as anyone else i guess no. anyone else who's like a 90s kid and has been watching these movies for a long time or but uh I think it kind of goes back, and I'm going to get there because me and Andrew are going to watch them all. Part of the reason I did this, too, is because I wanted to – I haven't seen Rogue One. Me neither. So I want to watch – I'm going to watch that this week. And then uh, Andrea, I think she might kind of be into Force Awakens just because it's new. Right. Uh, but um, she's not super interested in any of these, and I don't blame her. She's a good sport for watching, though. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then I'll, I'll get to that last Jedi and – I'm 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 interested because of all this weird stuff going on with it, but uh, it's I stand by what I said last week too. Where I think the reason I've lost interest in it is we talk about this before, like fandom and like the fans that follow movies and the over overbearingness of what they do sometimes. And uh, I liked Force Awakens the first time I saw it, and then I saw it again. And then as time grew on, I was just like, no, there's so much stuff that like I didn't like about it. They just do, I don't know. There was a lot of lazy, bad stuff in Force Awakens. I'm, I, you said it the first time uh, you saw it, so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm saying now, I'm conceding that uh, you were right on that one. 
Well, I just remember trying to watch. Like, I remember like at this like art performance thing I went to, and for some reason, mm-hmm. Force Awakens was being used in it. And I remember just like <laughs> watching what was going on on the screen. And I'm like, this movie sucks. Like, I don't yeah. like anything about it. Like, I don't like any mm-hmm. like the feeling of it or like the it's trying to be Star Wars, and it's just like, no, just do your own thing. But that yeah. that seems to be a bad idea, I guess. For I don't know. people it's like just stop just stop making them make other cool movies that you want to make so that's the thing that like bones me out most about ryan johnson making this last jedi is like i really liked looper looper Mm -hmm. was like a really cool movie and it's like i wish ryan johnson would just keep making the movies he wants to make and not like i mean obviously he's making like Mm -hmm. he's got a huge paycheck and now that he's got like probably one of the highest grossing movies ever under his belt it should open up the possibilities of him making whatever he wants from now on but but i kind of know that's not how this business works he he! I'm pretty sure he has announced that he is doing his own Star Wars trilogy. Yeah, well, there a you trilogy go. of movies aside from the main series and aside from those spin-off series like the Solo or the Han Solo Rogue One stuff. So it sounds like he's he's starting a trilogy of making a very good living <laughs> making movies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A trilogy of being the, the top dog. That's right. So so you watch something else though. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll save it for uh, next time. I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm gonna have a lot of creeps for our next episode, so I'll okay. save it. Um. Well, I watched. Maybe I'll just talk about one new movie. So sure. uh, last night I went to the theater. Uh, no way. RJ was harassing me about watching the prequels with him and like really like <laughs> yeah. really like just like calling me names, being mean, <laughs> and I was just like RJ, life is too short. Uh, I've uh-huh. like I've spent way too many hours of my life already watching the prequels. If I was going to watch them, I would just watch the Mr. Plinkett reviews. Um, yes. But I don't want to do that right now. And there's like so many movies I have never seen that I would rather watch. Mm-hmm. Um, so I watched uh, another uh, Rogers and Astaire movie to go along with Swing Time that we'll be talking about later. Um, but um, I was talking to Chanel. I was like, hey, do you want to see this movie Lady Bird? And she's, Chanel was like, yes, I do. Someone came into work this uh, this morning and was saying that they saw Lady Bird and it was really good. So I was like, mm-hmm. damn right, we're going to go. So we checked out that new A24 movie. Uh, we got to watch some some trailers, RJ. For good? Uh, no, well, the only good-looking movie of the three or four that were there was for Disaster Artist, also nice. an A twenty-four movie. Um, mm-hmm. I'll see that movie. I'm curious to see how I'll, I'll feel about it. Um, mm-hmm. I've, I've never really gotten into the whole room being like the best bad movie. Uh, I've, I've never seen that. I mean, it would probably be a good idea to watch it before yeah. you watch Disaster Artist, just for context. I mean, I mean, I think a lot of people probably watched mm-hmm. Ed Wood without ever having watched Planet Nine from Outer Space, and you you should be able to get the same sense of it. But mm-hmm. I think it's one thing seeing this movie and like realizing it's an, it really exists, and then watching this behind the scenes uh, based on a book movie. With yeah, James, I hear you. With James Franco. Anyway, so uh, we come to Lady Bird. Theater's not super packed or anything like that. Like, actually, it was kind of hilarious as we pulled up. The parking lot was, like, empty at the uh, second-run theater as Lady Bird's mm-hmm. already there. Because uh, probably everyone's at Star Wars because they're normal. Right. Uh, so, what Lady Bird uh, is a movie directed by Greta Gerwig, uh, mm-hmm. who's, like, Francis Ha and is currently, I think, dating Noah Baumbach. And she made one movie actually earlier. Uh, it's called like Night in Waking or something like that. And it's like co-directed with uh, Joe Swanberg, everybody's favorite person in the world. Who's Joe Swanberg? He is the king of mumblecore. 
Uh, he he's like a he looks like a cross of like to, uh, Colin Hanks and Michael C. Anderson, Dexter. Ew, <laughs> that's what he. No looks, thanks. Yeah, that's what he kind of reminds me of. Um, and no, it seems like no one likes him, even though he seems to just continue to make like movies all the time and such. But anyway, right. so this is her like first solo movie that she's done. Nights and Weekends was the name of it. Um, yeah. And so this movie is just like it's a coming of age story about a girl who is going to a Catholic high school, like mm-hmm. an, like a real Catholic high school, not like a fake one like RJ. You mean like a boarding school? No, not even. She goes. She doesn't go to boarding school. It's just like you have to wear a uniform when you go. It's like like in Rushmore, that, mm-hmm. that, that mm, like a, okay. like a private school. Is a cool Catholic school? I don't know. There's no such thing. I don't think. But uh, hey, now. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, uh, it's just like it takes place over the course of her like senior year. You get to mm-hmm. see her and her friends uh, do high school girl things. Talk about things that high school girls say. It's set in 2002, so it's a period piece, um, and it probably is like. Actual since uh, Greta Gerwig's the same age as me, uh, she this is probably somewhat autobiographical. I would, I, I'm guessing. Mm. Um, Roseanne's sister plays her mom. Roseanne's TV sister. Yes. Okay. <laughs> like, gotcha. Come on, Jackie. Jackie. So Jackie yep. plays her mom. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, this movie. I went into this like hearing just like how it is just like a masterpiece. Like it's yeah. it's uh <laughs> it's it's bell curve on like letterbox. Like it's like the it peaks at five and then it's just like it's like oh it's either you think it's a four or a five. Um, mm-hmm. like it's just a supreme masterpiece of cinema kind of thing. So I went in like like okay, well this movie is probably gonna be really really good, and it's mm-hmm. good. Um, I would like. I don't know if I'd watch it anytime again soon. I don't know if I'd go out of my way to talk about Lady Bird compared to like other movies that I've watched this year. But like Phantom uh, Menace? Like no, like not like Phantom Menace. Okay. Um I don't know. I would watch like the Twin Peaks season three again before I'd watch the Lady Bird. Mm-hmm. But okay. I don't know. It's inoffensive. It doesn't like it didn't make me mad watching it. Uh I don't know. I I, I guess like I don't know what people are really attracted to in this movie. Uh, exactly like why people like it so so much it seems pretty typical mm-hmm. um I, th- I saw one review that was like on the str- like a more negative side describing it as like ghost world divided by mean girls plus saved okay mm-hmm. i think it's like that's like dumb i guess it's like it, yeah it, it is all those things but it, it it doesn't feel like any of those three movies and i like ghost world and mean girls mm-hmm. is fine and i don't, I don't i've never seen saved um but I don't know. Do you have any questions about Lady Bird that you're anything that you no, think of? I plan to watch it. Yeah. I mean, you should watch it. Uh, I think you might like it more than me. Uh, I think you and Andy might enjoy Probably. it. I don't think there's anything to dislike about it. There's just like, yeah. I don't know. I, I feel the same way kind of about uh, Moonlight kind of okay. where like Moonlight's good. It's not a bad movie or anything like that. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm just kind of like, yeah, that was good. I would like yeah. never think about this or watch this again. Or like Manchester by the Sea, another movie that mm-hmm. I thought was like, that was a good movie. I liked it. It was really nice looking. Um, but at the same time, I'll never watch Manchester mm-hmm. by the Sea ever again. And in fact, mm-hmm. I might be the only person that brought up Manchester by the Sea this year. <laughs> like since Because uh... remember last year, everyone was talking about that movie. Yeah. And one, one year later, no one talked. 
talks God. about it. And like I don't yeah. know, I'm not sure if that has as like as much to do with like uh, Casey Affleck being involved with it Maybe. and uh, him not very being very popular uh, anymore. But I don't know. I don't think that would have really mattered too much. And it's like mm-hmm. if you go back through like people's lists of like top ten movies over the last ten years, and you actually start figuring out what are those like movies that stand out. It's like there's a handful, but then there's all those movies that just like fill out those lists. They're just mm-hmm. there. And uh, I haven't talked to you about this, but I think uh, maybe next week or something like that, we should do our... Uh, I've seen people doing this where they've done like the like their top 10 movies of the last 10 years. And no, I, I don't want to do that. But, but, they, but the one thing, I think the only reason they're doing this is so they can get like No Country for Old Men and There Will Be Blood on their list. <laughs> and, oh. and it's, it's like the last year you can have those on this best of the last 10 years and, oh, okay. and, and then you won't be able to anymore yeah i was gonna say why isn't that the kind of thing that usually goes at the start of a new decade or at the end it, of it, a decade it, like it is but I was, so i was like really curious why people decided to do it for this year and i was like why is yeah. that oh it's because like those are like two of like probably the, like two like two really amazing movies came out the same year um mm-hmm. and it's not going to matter if they're not on there anymore like they're like movies that i think you could genuinely call like canon like big movies mm-hmm. where it's like yeah these are really important movies and it just turned out that every once in a while two of them come out at the same time hmm. whereas like i don't know if there's anything like that this year uh and whatever it's fine there's still good movies people just watch yeah. movies to watch movies it's not because i'm make i'm making a difference i'm making a final statement <laughs> about all of cinema with my movie about catholic girls losing their virginity and <gasps> spoiler oh yeah and uh going to prom and like lying and stuff like that and being ashamed of being poor and stuff like mm-hmm. that um anyway so yeah ladybird's good uh people will watch it probably because they want to be part of the conversation which i've seen mm-hmm. uh, several people talk about why they went and saw star wars the last jedi because they want to be part yeah. of the conversation even though do people outside of podcasts do people have conversations and Twitter and arguing about are, things. Are you asking if people talk outside of having a podcast? Yeah, do they? I don't know anymore. Like, if you don't have a podcast, you're not allowed to have an opinion? I don't think people have... I don't think people talk. Or is it that <laughs> so many people have podcasts that yeah. uh, everyone Well, yeah, Well, yeah, you, have, you better watch that movie if you want to keep up on your podcasting. I mean, clearly, we, I don't, we, we, we both failed, and uh, we didn't see this new wars, and so we were talking about old wars. But no one cares mm-hmm. about that, because what are you going to say about those movies? Yeah, but uh, I don't care about other podcasts. That's true. That's good. Cause so there you go. Because we are the only podcast now. Exactly. Yeah. I'm committed to our show. Yep. which I think is what's important. Um, so I think the real highlight, RJ, though, uh, watching Lady Bird came uh-huh. uh, from the theatrical experience of seeing the movie. Mm. We're about like halfway through the movie during like a fairly innocuous part uh, of this experience. Uh, <laughs> Chanel and I were sitting there and then like somewhere in the back of the theater, we began to hear this sound that went a little like, no. Oh, <laughs> did was someone shitting in the urinal? What happened here? Um, well, we were like, is that the movie or <laughs> is that something in the back? Because there wasn't uh-huh. like there wasn't a lot of people in this theater, and that was like a weird animalistic guttural sound of release. And I was just mm-hmm. like, hmm. So we finished watching the movie, and then the credits came up, and then we kind of looked at one another. It's like we have to do that. We have to check. We have to go yeah. back and look. So we stop and we turn around, and it's like, okay, there's like a couple other couples here, 
they're like getting up and going. There's this like one guy that was just sitting there by himself, just kind of like staring no. off in the space. But we're like looking, and there's like this one particular couple, and they're like way toward the back of the theater, behind everybody else. And yeah. the, and this like this lady RJ, she had that real mischievous look on her face, like she's just been caught. And this dude was just like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so <laughs> it's like with this, I'm like, oh. You you were giving him a hand job or perhaps a blow job here watching this <gasps> PG rated movie here at the movie mill, um, and he just couldn't contain himself and just had to let the whole world know. Yeah, that was something special. I uh, that is something special. Yeah. I, uh, I've never had the experience of uh, seeing something like that. I have a few things to say though. Uh, number one, if you are not absolutely silent during when you're uh, intimate, you're doing it wrong. There should be no sound, no breathing, absolute silence. Uh, number two, um, I feel like that's pretty risky because uh, there was a kid in that theater. They could have got br- brought down, man. That would have been assault, harassment, sexual something. That, they would have had a Harvey Weinstein deal on their hands. Oh. Or was it Louis C.K. who was making people come back to his place and watch him masturbate? Yeah. He's like it, basically it, be like yeah. that. Like that type of deal. Like that type of deal. Uh, that is outrageous. <laughs> I've never heard of such a thing. Yeah. Ever. That's like a, definitely a first for me, I think. Uh, uh, I would have <laughs> thought that, that would happen at The Last Jedi, not at Lady Bird. Oh, it'd be too busy at The Last Jedi. You couldn't pull that away. There'd be people right beside you. When That's you're... the thrill. That's uh, the thrill. Well, maybe they're going to escalate. It's, things are just going to get worse and worse for everyone. Yeah, yeah next uh, next thing you know, they'll be at the movie mill doing it for uh, that Thor Ragnarok or uh, Daddy's Home 2. <laughs> I burped. I couldn't even say what I was saying. <laughs> no. uh, That's gross. Yeah, I hope that they um, cleaned up. Um, yeah, maybe they didn't need to. <laughs> That's what that 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 shit eating smile was all about. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like it. Nope. Okay, so a couple of things I will mention. Other movies. Uh, so the, yeah. the, the best movie I probably watched this year that I'd never seen before uh, was a documentary, a Canadian documentary from the National Film Board of Canada mm. uh, called Kena Sataki, uh, 270 Years of Resistance. This was released in 1993. Uh, this covers the events of what people refer to now as the Oka Crisis. RJ, are you familiar with the Oka Crisis? Are you saying okra? Oka. Like, like the it's vegetable? Like, like okra without the R. Like okra? I know okra. But you don't know the oka. O-K-A. No. No, sometimes when we get Indian food, Andrea gets, uh, I think it's called bindi masala, and that's like a mix of okra and onion and uh, something else. Is that what? Is it, are they running out? <laughs> uh, no. No, RJ. Oh. You're just well, whatever. A, another, another ignorant white Canadian. That's you're a, you're ignorant. 
I was until I watched this documentary. Uh, right. So this is a documentary that pops up on like if you look up like best NFB documentaries and just like big Canadian films, this movie pops up. I had always seen it, kind of heard it. I remember like on like IFC, like on the documentary channel and stuff like that here in uh, Canada, they would play this every once in a while. But I was always like, I don't know. I don't really want to watch this thing about this Oka crisis. Because like mm-hmm. when the Oka crisis happened, I was seven years old. Uh, mm-hmm. You were being born and you were like uh, being breastfed. Uh, oh. So, Oka Crisis boils down to out uh, just w- west of Montreal. There okay. is uh, some Mohawk territory, some Mohawk land uh, mm-hmm. that bumps up against this like small town called Oka. And Oka just likes to grab land beside itself to like, you know, build golf courses and build mm-hmm. golf courses on Indian burial land. And uh, that's all one thing. But then they just kind of keep pushing their boundaries because they're arrogant white assholes. And they're like, hey, nice. we're, we're going to take some more land and we're going to develop some land and develop some houses. And that's going to be awesome. Everyone likes that, right? Except for all these these fucking Indians that are always just blah, blah, blah. Oh, what about stewardship of the land? But I, I should be doing this more in a French-Canadian accent. But I'd like I, to hear that. But I won't. <laughs> just, just, just think of mm. George St. Pierre, RJ. Uh, so anyway, yeah. so what happens is uh, enough's enough, and they start creating blockades on the roads to protest this, like, uh, complete ignorance, I guess, willing ignorance on behalf of the city officials to be like, yeah, we don't care about your, like, rights to sovereignty or, like, respecting treaties and land rights nice. that have gone back 270 years. Um, and so police become involved and then the military get involved there's lots of like footage of uh old white politicians just paying lots of lip service about all this great respect they have for first nations people and blah 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 but uh no and then it's like so the first half of it is just like the first part of the like the standoff that happened, which is just like, it was a blockade on this bridge that no one could cross. And it's like 60,000 mm-hmm. people cross this bridge every day. So obviously the city has some interest in getting this thing opened up. Uh, <laughs> but at the same time, uh, the people there, uh, the, the, uh, from the reserve, they are like, no, you guys just keep doing this stuff. And like, you're not like consulting us, you're ignoring us. And we're going to make your life a lot more inconvenient until you do listen to us. Mm-hmm. So uh, over the course of 78 days that the this uh, standoff happened, which again referred to as the Oka Crisis on Wikipedia, mm-hmm. uh, you just get to watch just uh, a great continuation of uh, whites' relationships with First Nations people, which is just like lying and like underhandedly changing the rules and just being passive. Like at least in Canada, it's generally been fairly like a passive aggressive violence rather than like outright violence, yeah. like in America. Which uh, if if people are curious about it, they should read "Bury My Heart of Wounded Knee," which will just make you so mad at this how how awful. Uh, American history is when it comes to just dealing fairly with people where you're just like because one side of the people are like, yeah we'll treat people well like we we, have, we understand respect you and we'll negotiate in good faith however the white man just has uh, always seemed to duck out on those things um, and it's it's it, it's just incredible how it continues on to this day and people wonder why don't, why don't they just take us at our word <laughs> why do they hold us to these mm-hmm. these old standards of old pieces of paper written hundreds of years ago that have nothing to do with me and it's like well that's convenient um so anyway hey, hey jared yo you ever played that arcade game uh, turtles in time i have 
There's a level there bury where they my, go back to bury my shell at wounded knee or wounded yeah. shell. Yeah, bury my shell. Bury... My bury my shell at wounded knee. That's right. Exactly. I'm aware. Yeah, exactly. Super. It's all coming back to Super Nintendo, uh, which yeah. I would have been uh, maybe almost playing at this time. This documentary came out. Ooh, oh, I definitely girl. was because it came out in '93, but the events were '90. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I had never watched this documentary. Watching this documentary, it's still as powerful as when it probably came out. Probably. Maybe less so because we're we're further away from that like event. Because um, mm-hmm. there just came a point where the the crisis ended, and then the media started pulling out and going away. Even though journalists stuck it out, because there was a number of people who stayed behind, uh, who mm-hmm. basically were afraid of what the government was going to do to them and like arrest them as, as criminals and whatnot. Um, and you just get to see the just underhanding doings and like the, the PR of the, the army. Like I've never been more angry and ashamed of the Canadian military as I was watching this documentary, because we have this like idea of what our Canadian military means, like on an international scale as peacekeepers, uh, people who do not like, we do not want to get violent. We don't want to like escalate situations. Uh, we want to do by the, everyone really well. Like it's like that Mountie idea that we're like outstanding mm. people saving women drowning in rivers and catching like uh i don't know poachers and stuff like that and fighting up polar bears but no no they're just like as bad as any other like authoritarian group in the world that like oh when they think no one's looking they'll just jump you in the woods and beat the shit out of you and go oh geez i think you need medical attention oh i guess we're gonna have to take you away and uh, make sure you're all fixed up mm-hmm. <laughs> sounds like you sounds like me sounds like an old j-dog trick Mm-hmm. So anyway, this documentary is fantastic. Uh, I don't know. It just, I don't know. It's not like, I don't know what, what people expect from documentaries, how smoothly made it needs to be. But I think this like tells the story fairly well. Um, yeah. And tells this piece of time that like people would probably like to not think about anymore, uh, especially in old Canada. Mm-hmm. A couple of years after this, there was the Ipperwash uh crisis which resulted in uh, a book called one dead indian which is about oh another mm. like another uh first nations man being murdered maybe by uh by the popo uh anyway allegedly <laughs> wink mm-hmm. um anyway so yeah that was really good i like that quite a bit um and yeah maybe uh as i continue watching more french canadian movies I'll, I'll do a big report on that uh another day when we have been talking already for like an hour Yes. Hey, RJ. Yo. Got any news? Nah. Okay. No, I don't think so. Okay. Well, I've got March releases from Criterion. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've got The Age of Innocence, directed by Martin Scorsese. Uh, So we're we're getting another edition of Marty to the collection, which I think at this point is just Last Temptation of Christ, and now that's going to change. Dang. Yeah. Uh, We've got... Uh, Ball, directed by Volkler Schlondorf. Ball. Ball. Huh. B A A L. Which one, left or right? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah. Women in Love, directed by Ken Russell, which I'm very excited to watch because there's some wonderful, wonderful screenshots of Oliver Reed and Mm -hmm. Alan Bates lying around naked on the floor. Mm looking longingly at one another by a fireplace. I'm very, very interested in this movie because Oliver Reed uh, is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's like this like 1930 uh, thing called King of Jazz by John Murray Anderson. <laughs> Sounds I, fun. That, that's like what I call a Stephen pick. 
Yeah. And, uh, oh, Passion of Joan of Arc is coming to Blu-ray. What? What is unanimously the number one creep so far? Yep, best movie of the Criterion Collection. Within the first 80, at least. Uh, in 89. 89, <laughs> yeah. And counting. Yep, absolutely. So that's awesome. I will be upgrading that as soon mm-hmm. as the Amazon.ca pre-order allows it. I would check it right now. You don't it, want to miss out. It won't be. It won't be. It It'll takes, be selling it, off the shelf, we, buddy. We, weeks, weeks. It'll uh. be. Uh, anyway, so that's cool. No news from RJ because he's not plugged in into that internet. How's your uh, cryptocurrency investments going? How is Bitcoin working out? Did you hear that guy sold uh, Chuck E. Cheese tokens and made a million dollars because he was telling people they were Bitcoins? That's not true. That's, it is? That, that's called fake news. You should, it is? You should do a Google search and find out is why. Is that it, fake news? Yes. I don't care. <laughs> if you read more than the headline, you're a chump. That's right, Donald. Uh-huh. Anyway, yeah. hey, RJ, it's time what? to put on that gigantic, cumbersome, lower... Uh, inferior quality laser disc into the laser I've been wearing it into the, whole time. the laser disc machine and uh-huh. start to dance because we're going to be talking about swing time from 1936 with that Fred Astaire guy and that Ginger Rogers directed by George Stevens. How's that sound? It sounds not very good. Uh oh. Romance of a gambling hoofer who loses his heart to a beautiful dance teacher in a merry mad chase of melody and mirth to the lilting tunes of six hit songs by Jerome Kern and Dorothy Fields. The hilarious comedy of Victor Moore, Helen Broderick, 
and Eric Lohr. Spectacular production numbers, stunning beauties, and the toe-tapping magic of the king and queen of captivating rhythm, Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. You're not going to run out with all our dough. i got to get married. I wouldn't let you marry her for $10,000. How about twenty? Not for $20,000. $25,000. Never, never change Keep that breathless charm Won't you please arrange it Cause I love you Just the way you look tonight Just the way you look tonight And we're back. This is the Criterion Creeps podcast, and tonight we're talking about Swing Time from 1936, directed by George Stevens, and it is indeed, RJ, number six in the Criterion Laserdisc collection. Uh, Number one was Citizen Kane, number two was King Kong, three, four, five we've already covered uh, in non-Laserdisc form, which was The Mm -hmm. 39 Steps, The Lady Vanishes, and The Third Man. So... Got those ducks in the row. Um, so anyway, uh, the uh, tagline for this film, a glorious mm-hmm. song burst of gaiety and laughter. That is... Gaiety? Gaiety. Is that a real word? It is, RJ. What does that mean? Like you're gay? No, happy. Like in the old time uh, gay? Yeah, sure. <laughs> old time gay, RJ. There's, there's other words you could use. Well, it was 1936. You could have just said joy. Yeah. Or like fun. It's a gaiety's a very pretty word. You're a pretty word. So, synopsis here for swing time. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, Lucky is tricked into missing his wedding to Margaret by the other members of Pop's Magic and Dance Act and has to make $25,000 to be allowed to marry her. He and Pop go to New York where they run into Penny, a dancing instructor. She and Lucky form a successful dance partnership, but romance is blighted, till the end of the film at least, by his old attachment to Margaret and hers for Ricardo, the band leader who won't play for them to dance together. Uh, Something like that. Something like that. That's a really weird synopsis. Oh, is that from Letterbox? Sure is. Uh, Wouldn't want it any other way. So, RJ, uh, until this week, I had never watched a Aster uh, or Astaire, Astaire and Rogers Aster. movie. Aster. Uh, I've never watched Fred Astaire or Ginger Rogers movie in my entire life. Uh, uh-huh. I always kind of knew them as like pop culture icons. Uh, I remember there's like mm-hmm. references to them in the one episode of The Simpsons with the babysitter. What Bart, Bart is imagining dancing around with her. And uh, there's like, I think in like the TV show, The Critic, there was in that cartoon, there was mm-hmm. like references to them. It's like they'd be doing their thing and then something horrible happens to them. Uh, so anyway, I, I didn't really know Fred Astaire that well, other than like, he kind of looks like uh, Stan Laurel from Laurel and Hardy. It's kind of like, yep. yeah, kind of like that. So he's just this guy, Ginger Rogers. I couldn't pick her out of a lineup. She was just like, in my mind, I'm like, oh, she must be a redhead, right? But she's not. Because um, mm-hmm. Ginger, ha ha. Is anyway. it? But they make a, 
there's they say something about her having red hair in this movie. Do they? Oh, man, like I was trying to they find, do. I was trying to find photos of her with like red hair, and it's like there's not. I I couldn't really see any. Most of it seemed to be she looks she looks like a blonde to me. Well, it's that black and white, Jared. There's no color in black and white. I, I know, I know, but just the way that light the uh, hair registers on film, it sure looks white. Jared, so there's no color in black and white movies. Yeah, you got me there. I got you. Okay. Uh, okay. So, uh, so this is our third laser disc review, and also our third RKO movie uh, in Ooh. this. Because that's like they dominated this format, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, so director George Stevens, this was his first musical. Um, so I don't know what that means. <laughs> Beyond that, he 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 didn't have a history Did of ma- he didn't do any. This was his first, and like maybe his only. Uh, definitely his first, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, the movie opens up with a cold open. Uh, I guess from listening to the commentary commentary track by John Mueller, I guess there was actually a musical number that started the movie. Uh, and also like a magic trick by pop. Mm-hmm. Cause like it opens up with him just like kind of swindling people and being like mm-hmm. a goofball. Uh, but I guess like that whole opening bit was just cut from the movie cause it slowed down. I guess the musical number wasn't very good and, uh, apparently it's just lost. No one has seen it since it's uh, initial release for critics back in like 35, 36, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, I, was not familiar at all with these types of movies. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that watching it now that it lives up to my expectations of what this type of movie is, which like is a formula, uh, which I like I, when I was writing my notes out for this, I was like, mm-hmm. I, I started writing it off by like, ah, musical bit number one, song number one, musical <laughs> bit number two, song number two. Musical mm-hmm. bit number three, song number three, and then musical bit number four, which is what sends everybody home happy. And uh, it's weird yeah. that I wrote that because then I started like watching some of the like making of documentaries, and they were talking about how there literally was a formula. They, they, uh, the producers, uh, uh, Pendro Berman, uh, they actually mm-hmm. like figured out exactly the amount of time between music and not music and stuff like that and like how long scenes would go and like you would place this here and this sort of setup uh which comes back to the formula i guess has been described as abc which is mm-hmm. uh let's see here the two characters become attracted they break up and then they con- conciliate their relationship they get back together and it's like mm-hmm. that's essentially every single one of these uh astaire and rogers movies of which there is six they made a total of six of these for RKO. Uh, they were massive, massive movies that made like a ton of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, hugely popular uh, during the Depression, which people always like be romantic about and be like, well, they made these movies for the poor people because they wanted to lift people's spirits. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe that's true. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Is there anyone from 1935 around to really confirm that? Or people who like have really good memories of like, yeah, that's, ex- around. That, that's exactly what happened when I watched those Astaire Rogers movies. Other than like, we have uh, these like real weird old film critics who are like really into these movies and like can talk about every single aspect of like a stairs, like dance numbers and routines and all the moves and stuff like that, which I find like weird. Cause I don't know anything about it and I don't really have that much interest in dance. Well, um, you don't know that stuff. It's pretty basic shit, dude. Pretty basic shit, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Tell me more. Tippy, tippy, tap, tippy, tap, tap. Yeah. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, I kind of wrote a note my, for myself here about how uh, musicals and simple stories, because uh, essentially you want to yep. keep it simple because these movies are delivery systems for dance and people wanting mm-hmm. to watch dance, just like uh, today, superhero movies are delivery systems for action. Because mm-hmm. superhero, like when you take the simple, the superhero idea, it facilitates crazy, ridiculous action sequences. And that's why mm-hmm. they do it. For a long, long time, it used to be cop movies. And everything was like a cop movie because that facilitated action. But that got kind of stayed. And so superheroes was like that you can show people doing things that they shouldn't be able to do, which is what cops were doing in old cop movies that got more mm-hmm. more, 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 as people would call, cartoonish. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess like everything has like a motive. And it's like, well, this these movies are not about the stories per se. Um, and it's about, hey, look at those great dance numbers. And I would say that... Uh, this Fred and Ginger combination do it pretty well. I think they're they're pretty good at this dancing thing, RJ. Allegedly. Allegedly. Well, RJ, I allege this, but we'll find out if uh, they get convicted. RJ, what mm-hmm. did what did you think of uh, Swing Time and this uh, Astaire and Rogers duo? Swing Time, more like I don't have a really funny thing. I should have thought of something. Um. I'll think of something by the end of the episode. So I watched this swing time, Jerry. Yeah. Uh, Andy watched this with me uh, early in the morning on a week- uh, weekend day. Uh, I woke up before she was awake. And as I was making my coffee, I was like, I'm going to go watch this movie. Uh, I don't think you'll want to watch it. She's like, what is it? I was like, it's a 1930s musical about dancing. And she's like, fuck no, I don't want to watch that. And I was like, all right, that's fair. I didn't think you would. So I go downstairs. I'm about five minutes in. Andy comes downstairs. She's like, I got nothing else to do. So I guess I'm just going to watch with you. I was like, okay. And it was good that she did. because She liked it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually thought it was pretty good too. Uh, unlike the other musicals we've watched in the Criterion Collection so far. Yep. Not in the Laserdisc series, but... Uh, just in general. Yeah. Uh, what was it? Uh, Troll Jurgen? Or, uh, well, that, see, that to me is like a... That's like a film play. I wouldn't even consider... A film play? Yeah. I, I wouldn't... For me, I wouldn't classify that as a, a musical. But I magic, magic flute. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if really? I call, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's it's, it's an opera, which is like it's, opera. Yeah, but let's, I'm gonna take again. Right okay, here. yeah, opera is a, a better descript, descriptor, I guess. Right. Uh, so what's a different musical? Le Million. Le Million. Yeah. Le Million. I think. Is that it? I think those two. So. I mean, I've watched a few for the show because we. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched the Oliver musical. Um, mm-hmm. And I watched My Fair Lady, My Fair Lady, and uh, last year I also watched the Muppet Christmas Carol, mm-hmm. which which definitely has some musicalness of it. And I watched Wizard of Oz this past year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, like I've honestly not watched that many musicals in my life. Uh, a yeah. few years ago, I watched some like pre-code thirty stuff, like Gold Diggers of nineteen thirty-three, and I watched Broadway mm-hmm. Melody. Broadway Melody is like I think one of the, the I think it was its importance is like it was the first musical in 1929, mm-hmm. um, and it's like not good, but it's like historically important because it's the first. And then Gold Diggers of 1933 is actually like one of the first good musicals. And I when think, are you sorry? Keep going. Oh, that's about it. Like I, I I'm very, uh, I'm a novice when it comes to this stuff, just because like I don't have like that much interest in that type of story because it's mm-hmm. like I already I know what it is, and I have no problem with that existing, but. For the stories that I want to watch, I know I'm not really going to find them that often in musicals. Mm-hmm. Maybe it'll maybe if I watch Les Mis or something like that. Uh, that's about the downtrodden and social mm-hmm. issues and whatnot and musical form. Um, when are you going to watch Chicago? 
maybe next next two months from now and during February. During Oscar season? Yeah. Okay. All right. Good to know. So anyways, I brought up the other ones because if listeners remember, we did not like the magic flute. Uh, hard dislike. Hard dislike of the opera. And um, I can't even remember what your opinion was, but uh, I didn't really care for uh, Lemillion. Um, not, not as much because it was a musical. I just... I was like, whatever. This movie's just there. It's fine. Yeah. I had, I had problems with it. You got to go to that episode. I don't even remember what it was. I've forgotten. <laughs> it was like a month ago, and I've already forgotten. Strong opinions were bad. Yeah. Uh, so this one, uh, going in uh, with recently, going in with low expectations has worked out pretty well. Um, uh, no, we both enjoyed this. And uh, I think one of the reasons, like uh, what I was saying was... Um, I uh, I prefer the few dance numbers in this, mm-hmm. which is just like just like a short dance, and it's just its own thing, and then it's done. As opposed to like the musical aspect, like in Magic Flute, where they kind of they're narrating every aspect of what they're doing, and like that's the very opera musical yeah, type. Yeah. So of thing. yeah. So I mean, for me, yeah. the reason why I, like, to me, it's like that was a film production of a, yeah of a, like that's it. They, they filmed the stage, and that was what they did. There was no like film craft. I mean, and that's like Ingmar Bergman too, where it's like he mm-hmm. lived like he just like shot this thing because he really likes this play, and that's what he did. This this is like this feels like a movie. Like this actually, like, yeah. Swing Time has the components of like yeah, they actually sh- laid stuff out and they shot mm-hmm. stuff like i mean essentially i mean the thing that's like incredible about this movie is like when you actually start looking at those dance numbers where they're shot in one take and this yeah. isn't like the uh as i've seen some people taking turns against like children of men where it's like the like the, 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 no so it's like so there's like some folk that like get like really mad about like and how masturbatory film goers get about one shot movies where it's like this shot is five minutes long it's so insane and it's like but it's always like okay. it, br- it brings attention to itself because it's so kind of gimmicky whereas in swing time yeah it's like those shots are like quite long and those dance numbers are like in- like they're all shot in full frame where you get to see the mm-hmm. actors entire bodies perform the entire dance number and it's like they, and they did this in 47 takes. Like they kept shooting these long takes until like, they got it right uh, mm-hmm. through, through bloodied feet and like, just like raw, like just uh, working through it. And it's like, Oh, like, but there's no attention to it. And no one talks about the long shots in like swing time. Um, there's actually uh, that, mm-hmm. that, that uh, video cast that just ended uh, every, every film, a picture or every picture of painting, or whatever it's called that they, mm-hmm. they, they did all the video essays. Uh, they did one on like one shots and like they, the guy's very dismissive of like the one take fetishizing, but it's like how like no one talks about Steven Spielberg who like does them mm. all the time, but he doesn't bring attention to them because they're, they're invisible one cut, yeah. like one shots, just like in this, like until I was thinking about it and I was like, yeah, there's no close ups of feet. There's no close ups of things. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, this is just like, uh, just shots of like, pure performance and of like uh of these elegant dances and it's like they look so like effortless they don't look practiced even though you know that like these these guys practice this shit like for like probably hundreds of hours to get it all to look right um mm-hmm. and this is just like oh so you're really getting to marvel at the performance rather than a production i i don't know if there, is there a difference i don't know i could be talking on my ass but i feel like there's you like usually there's, do there's, there's such a difference um i think between that and this. Uh, sure. 
if that's your opinion. <laughs> yeah. Dude. Uh, no, I, I kind of agree with you. Like, I, I know what you're saying. And that's uh, that's kind of why I was why I brought it up as well. So I. Watching swing time, it was a lot easier to be kind of taken away with the the dance numbers because it was kind of like it wasn't too overbearing. It's just like, here it is. Here's this dance number. And uh, I didn't even think about like what you said, how it was just this one straight shot. And it's like, that's actually pretty impressive. Yeah. Looking back at it now, it's like, oh, shit. Yeah, that is pretty impressive. They did some real dancing. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was all really good. And uh, there's, I think, two two or three songs in this movie that I didn't like when the songs when they were singing me and uh, like Andy and I were both checked out. We were just like, whatever. Yeah. But uh, the dances I actually watched. I was like, oh, yo, those are fun. Um, what were we even talking about? Yeah, swing time. Yeah, the, song, uh, so the, I, the songs are nothing special in this yeah, movie. So, uh, songs are nothing, but the dancing is pretty good. No. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, I actually like this. I didn't, I didn't think I wouldn't, but I was just like, ah, oh, it's probably gonna be like, not something I'm really into. Uh, but I thought the story was good enough. It's like a gambling guy who's like just bad at things and gambling and loses stuff all the time. And uh, it's kind of like a little romance. That's always good. Mm. Um, it's not uh, seamless by any means, but that's fine. Um, there are certain aspects that I think were really good. Uh, this movie's actually pretty funny. Um, the pop character, his like drunk sidekick, uh, that guy is awesome. Uh, he's always... He's always good for a laugh. Mm-hmm. Like there's one scene that's really good where uh, they go to the dance studio and the lady's like, uh, she's like, here, help yourself to a chair. And uh, he sits down and starts eating her sandwich. And she's like, hey. And he's like, huh? And he's like always doing stuff like that. Like he's just eating other people's sandwiches and like doing things like that. And uh, I thought it was actually pretty funny. Um, there was so the comedy was pretty good. Uh, the story itself was was not bad. Like, I mean, it's it's yeah, it's, it's nothing it, groundbreaking no. or anything like that. Yeah, but it, it's it, like I said, fine. it's 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 the formula. It's about getting to the dance stuff, and like I think that there's enough of like character stuff and like care like the comedy stuff and like little character beats in between that like make it so it's a little bit better than boring like it's not like yep. so it's like yeah this is charming this is fine like that's mm-hmm. like i don't hate it because even like uh, i was when i was watching the with, with the uh, commentary track the like guy doing the commentary is like uh, allow me to just talk over all this part like he's like literally like, there's like he knows those bits are like the least interesting and then he's like oh look at the dance stuff now and he like has it all figured out and he like has these thorough notes about like all the steps and like the history of stuff but he's like he knows like there's like the in-between stuff it's like okay it's just the characters talking now i'm going to tell you all this information and i'm like that's pretty well how this movie will read like no one will remember the in-between scenes they remember like the uh the actual dance bits or Mm -hmm. like that's the stuff that's like iconic is committing that stuff to celluloid not just like the chitter chatter stuff which is like fine but it's nothing like Mm-hmm. No one's no one's watching this movie for those bits. Yeah, but uh, those are uh, those are actually kind of the parts I liked. Like I said, yeah. there were some actual things or things I thought were actually pretty funny, and um, just like a product of its time. Like uh, I I thought it was kind of funny how um, uh, they're really like not funny because obviously you can't think like this because it's not right. 
but like they're really hard on women for like no reason and it's just like what like the like the lady's like hey uh, she goes to the cop she's like this guy just stole my quarter and he's like all right you hysterical broad he's oh. like i'm gonna give you one chance to walk away from here well, that's, and it's just like oh that's so weird well, that's kind of the class thing though too because they look at the way that Fred oh, Astaire is dressed, dressed. And, and he's like well yeah. this guy wouldn't steal a quarter from you what are you nuts yeah. get out of well, here yeah okay sniper. so yeah, he, uh, he calls her a swivel puss. Yeah, there you at go. At one point. Sick burn. Um, yeah, sick burn. Uh, but there was that, and then there was also, um, what was it? Uh, when the dance guy thinks that the the dance instructor and the secretary basically aren't doing their jobs, he's like, you're fired. You're fired too. And like maybe that's more of a comment on, like, uh, I don't know, the economy or something. But he's just, like, firing these, these broads left and right. And it's like, you can't just... Like you, you're gonna find someone else to teach dance that fast? Yeah. So that, so that guy, the same uh, actor, he is, he's also in Top Hat, which I also watched, and uh, uh, I remember his name. It's like Howard, and he's so good. He's like super funny mm-hmm. in that movie. He's just yeah. the, he's this like bad kind of scumbag butler who just does whatever he's told to do. He's really yeah. good. So I was when I was rewatching uh, this with the commentary after watching Top Hat, I was like, oh, it's him again. Oh, and the secretary's yeah. like also in Top Hat. He plays the one guy's uh, wife, and yeah, she's good. So it's like nice to see like they have this like kind of stable of character actors that just keep showing up in uh, I'm assuming in a, several more of these movies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, there's two other things. Uh one thing that I think not even just the laser disc but Criterion in general have taught me. Yeah. It's that uh you can't trust Italians because oh, they're greasy. Yeah. Uh and that is uh on center <laughs> stage a lot in this movie is that it's just like shifty Italians with thin mustaches. That's that's every character who isn't like the protagonists in this. And I was like, okay, yeah, that's cool with me. Um, and then, uh, this movie's really mean. So who's the, who's the, who, who are you talking about in this movie? What the shifty Italians, the gangsters, the, the, yeah, the gangsters okay, who right. like, uh, they're betting the, um, they're betting the orchestra with all the right. time. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, th- those guys, um, and then, yeah, th- this movie's really mean, uh, because everyone makes fun of other guys' pants all the time in this all movie. Day long. Like at the start, I was like, they're so obsessed with this guy's pants. Pants I was are like, taken, what is the deal? Pants are taken twice in the film. <laughs> twice. Yeah. And then at the end, uh, we were watching it and we're like, this is fucking nuts. We're like, uh, the girl's going to go marry this guy. And like, he's like trying to be nice. And then they show up and he's like, we're. Uh, or like the guys show up and they're like, look at your stupid fucking pants. He's like, you can never get married in those. And he's like, what's the problem? He's like, your pants are like so dumb. Look how short they are. Yeah. It's like, those are the dumbest pants I've ever seen. And he's just like, all right. So he like gets new pants and then he shows up to get married. And then the girl's like, she laughs at him. She's like, look at your stupid pants. He's like, we're still getting married. Right. And she's like, no, (laughs) She's like, no, you nerd. I'm going to marry that guy instead. Yeah. Maybe if you had better pants. And uh, I was watching. And I was like, holy shit. Like, these guys are cold. No. So, anyways, fun times. Fun times. Fun times. Uh, so, so uh, a couple of my notes here. Uh, there's no future in hoofing. I like that expression. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> when when do they say that? It's like right off the bat, like when uh, because the stairs quitting the the dancing business and getting married to what's her face, and uh, oh. he's like, "Well, there's no future in hoofing, which is all about no future in dancing." But I love that hoofing. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey RJ, why would you schedule your wedding for like 15 minutes like 
after a after dance a show? performance. Like you're like, well, I'll be able to fit it all in. It's like, don't you need a whole day to get ready? I don't know, RJ. Didn't not very realistic. Um, well, I think I think the the thing there is that he never really wanted to get married, anyways. No. So he right because he was always finding excuses to not be like not show up and stuff like no, that. He's, so. he's kind of like us. Kind of like us. Kind of finding excuses yeah. not to get married. Whoa! No. I hope Andrew is not listening. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, of course, like other notes are like, oh, there's nothing like a little fun sabotaging of a wedding gag. Uh, but then, then you find out a little bit later, oh, the sabotage was over a bet. So he he was kind of bringing yeah. it upon himself. Uh, yes, and there's talk of screwy dames, which was also from the misogynistic mm-hmm. uh, New York police officer. Yeah. Um, who was not having any, had nothing to do with these ladies. Mm-hmm. They're, they're no good. Uh, I liked when he went to his fiance's uh, dad's place and the dog and the cat are b- both hating on him because he's uh, everyone's mad at him. Well, but then as soon painting. as but then yeah, and then as soon as uh, he he everyone's in, as soon as he's in everyone's good graces again, the dog and cat are like rubbing up against him and they're his best friends again. I'm like, yeah. Did, did you notice the painting? I don't think I did. Maybe it's like a Family Guy skit. Like he looks up the paint up at oh, the painting, yeah, and yeah. the guy's like mean, and then he offers the money, and he looks up, and the guy in the painting is like smiling. Mm-hmm. And it's just like it's just like that's so weird for like nineteen thirty whatever. That's, that's like I don't know. That's like not that far off from like the uh, Buster, Buster Keaton area. Yeah, it's like a vaudevillian. <laughs> yeah. What does that mean? Yeah, uh, go back to uh, Bank Dick. And you the find, Bank Dick? You find all about vaudevilles. Nah, I don't Anyway. Wanna. So anyway, um, yep. So we have the smug, annoying musical lead man, uh, best played by Ryan Gosling in La La Land. And then mm. you have the annoyed, uppity lead lady who will be won over, played by Ginger Rogers, who's introduced. The redhead. Yeah, the uh, supp- yeah. alleged redhead. The alleged well, they they do make a comment in the dance studio that she has red hair. Okay, so she doesn't look like a redhead. I'm well, there's no color in black and white, Jared. She doesn't look like a redhead, RJ. Look, 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 no... look at that bone structure. Look at that skin. Mm, not pale enough for no, you. Where's, hey? the, where's those? Where's the freckles? They uh, lasered them out for sand, Hollywood. Sandblasted them. Who knows yeah. what sort of nightmares. Uh, Hollywood put people through back then. Um, so anyway, um, yeah, Astera irritates Ginger Rogers immediately because that's the mm-hmm. plot. Uh, there's a couple of fun little notes in the commentary mentioned around this point that uh, tap shoe sales went up like somewhere between 250 mm-hmm. and 400%. Shit. Uh, which like, yeah, I, I could see that. Um, mm-hmm. And like dance schools proliferated while like these movies like just dominated the box office. Mm-hmm. Um, like these, like these movies were like such huge hits. I think this was the last one that was like a big, big hit and it did less well than top hat. But, mm-hmm. uh, I mean like they are like big money makers, like it's making as much as like, uh, King Kong did. Nice. And I think that's like why they entered the, uh, the zeitgeist, the, uh, the cultural references and all that stuff like that. Is that why you took up dance? Yeah. Um, yeah. No, but your, yours is interpretive, yeah. right? So there's this whole idea that like too, like with, between the two of them, they like, uh, I don't know. Did you and uh, Andrea want to go out and start dancing while you're watching these movies? Did you? Nah. Did you? Did you hold each other closer? Nah. Yeah. Did nah. You... No, nah, we didn't do nothing like that. Yeah. Uh, I believe there was a big fart blown. I won't say by who. <laughs> Could have been me. Uh, no, no, it's nothing like that. It, like I was saying, it's we weren't like moved by it, and it was like, oh, this is beautiful. 
it was just like I think we were both surprised that it was not uh, a piece of garbage. Su- yeah, not super boring and uninteresting. <laughs> yeah. So like, I don't think this is a great movie or anything like that. But I, I thought it was. We got through it without wow. uh, without wow. anything. You know what I mean? You got through it. You got through it. Oh. No, it was there. It's Boo like you. I seen, there was some funny stuff and there there were some enjoyable parts. So yep. it wasn't too bad. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. So yeah, my no, mu- the musical bit number one, which I do believe is called "Pick Yourself Up." Uh, that is when I made the note that, huh, these guys are pretty good at what they do, and they make it look pretty easy. Uh, we're introduced to at one point Eric, the degenerate gambler, who we're led to believe will be easily fleeced because he's a drunk, and we'll be able to get his tuxedo for Fred Astaire to start his career being a dance man uh, working here in New York. But it doesn't work out that way. Uh, song number one, which is one of the songs that you say isn't that good. Uh, the way you look tonight, which I do believe Ooh, that's won, nice. Which I do believe won the Oscar for best original song with the soap helmet, which uh, I think they used whipped cream. Uh, because that's, that song was made for this movie. Yes, that's nuts. I I didn't know that. Yeah, man. I I I, uh, I really enjoyed its presence throughout the movie, and uh, I was just. I guess thinking of like Sinatra and Dane Martin, mm. but I guess that That's this later. was twenty years before them. Correct. <laughs> All right, whatever. Uh, oh yeah, there's this like great exchange too, like uh, just like something like that, the good little pitter patter of the dialogue, which is like mm-hmm. I think it's like like what's lovely the music. Oh, what music? What made you think of it? <laughs> Mm-hmm. The music, the music. <laughs> yeah, it's just like that's that's good. It's just like mm-hmm. it's, it's nothing there, but it's funny. Um, and then there's like that's with Popsy. Uh, there's another great line, I believe, that's thrown off very sarcastically about uh, congratulations on winning such a valuable piece of property in reference to poor uh, Ricardo Romero, who is mm-hmm. being passed around uh, amongst mm-hmm. gangster and Fred Astaire, and he's congratulating uh, Fred for being. Oh, thanks for winning me. Like that's great. Mm-hmm. I love being owned by people. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, musical bit number two, which I believe is Waltz in Swing Time, which uh, apparently one critic described as the finest piece of pure dance music ever written for Astaire. This is the most mm. virtuistic, partnered, romantic duet Astaire ever committed to film. <laughs> is that accurate, though? Uh, anyway, so there that happens. Um I just wanted to share. Then we get some upstate yeah. upstate New York in the winter, which is like a terrible time, I think, to go upstate. That's where you go during the summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I mean, when I was watching it at that point, I had totally forgot he had a fiance. And that's why he was like acting yeah. all weird and being like, "Oh, I can't do anything with her. That would be <laughs> real. That would be untoward." Even though I'm kind of a con man. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get a fine romance sing. Uh, another song that happens. It's yep. fine. And uh, then they make out. And then we transition sure to. Do. And then we transition to Fred Astaire blacking up. And we get uh. Uh, <laughs> and we get Bojangles of Harlem, which for some people uh, is anger-inducing, and people will just say, "Fuck this movie, fuck this, this is garbage," and then they just turn off. Um, uh, I didn't turn it off, but we were both a little bit not like not like confused, but it was just like, why is this here? Because of. Um probably historical context of like that wasn't that like big a 
deal in 1935? I, I don't know. You tell me. Well, it, yeah, I mean, nowadays, it's like, what the hell? Why is this here? No, it's just him doing a, doing a musical number. Doing a bit. Because uh, it's all out of respect of uh, legendary dancer Bill Robinson. Um, that's about it. Because blackface was, like, a thing that performers did, like, for a long time uh, due to mm-hmm. racial shittiness uh, of the era. I don't think racial they, what racial shittiness. I think is the technical term. You can look it up on Wikipedia. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you've heard mm-hmm. about this whole thing, RJ. No, um, no, invite me. It's, yeah, it sucked. It sucked being a black oh, okay. man living in America or a black woman, a black it per, did? an, Af- an African American. It really sucked for, and it still yeah. kind of does suck. Um, so anyway, mm-hmm. uh, I can definitely see people having problems with this bit, but in terms of like, I don't know. What it's 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 the dance number, uh, Bojangles from Bar Harlem. Uh, we get the really cool legs optical thing that mm-hmm. I think it looks really neat. Uh, and then yeah, it's just the reflections of dancers in the floor uh, during that number. I was like, that looks really cool. Like that's a mm-hmm. smart idea. It just adds to the optical effect of things. But other than that, there's like the technical weirdness of that scene, which is like uh, kind of like not great because it was 1935 1936 and they're doing rear projection and we're do- it's like the whole idea is like he's in the foreground dancing one way but in the shadows in the back or like himself but they're background dancers and they can't keep up to him and they're trying to outdo one another and then he beats his own shadows it's mm-hmm. that's the idea behind it it's kind of novel but yeah the blackface huh <laughs> Yeah, it's a little Called, out there. It's not not really though. I mean, you gotta do some research, I guess, and find out why people did that. And it's it, it's a complex history, RJ. It's not a good. It's not it's not a good one, but it is what it is. Um, sure. And, hey, I just saw like some like fucking sports athlete just went as blackface for Halloween again or some crap, and I was like, ha ha ha, blackface is funny. So it's a it's a thing that still happens in like 2017. Uh, so in 1935, when it was like far more quote unquote innocent. I don't know. I mm. I don't see a problem, but I'm not going to be like outraged when I see people get mad about that scene because blackface is weird and reminds people of how shitty stuff is still. Um, and then that happens. And then we get song number three, which I do believe is never going to dance. Yeah. Um, that sounds like a thing from this movie that we watched. Yep. And like, that's good, I guess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so my favorite thing though is like the the big dance final number the like the because it it transitions from the never going to dance into like the final big show-stopping performance which builds on all of the previous musical bits up to that point Mm -hmm. and it's like awesome like it's really incredible watching like the scale of it um because it pulls everything back um and yeah i don't know I can't talk about music very articulately because I don't really know much about it. But from a visual, yeah. from a visual standpoint, uh, and just watching people like do this, and that's like the one where like yeah, I think they did forty-seven takes of it, and uh, Ginger Rogers was doing it through blood soaking through her shoes. Yeah, um, but I mean that's no different from what we're doing here. Yeah, on our, this on is our fiftieth take as blood breaks out of our caked asses. Ugh, <laughs> you're uh, gross. Oh come on now. Uh, so yeah, that's swing time. Uh, everything works out great at the end and, uh, Mm -hmm. the right people get together. Screw you, Ricardo Romero. 
Well, maybe if he didn't have such stupid fucking pants, he would have uh, he would have got the girl. Maybe, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, one little bit of trivia I want to share. Uh, initially, the working title for the film, or the working titles for the film were "I Won't Dance" and "Never Gonna Dance." But studio executives worried that no one would come see a musical where no one danced, and the title was changed <laughs> mm. because Hollywood executives haven't gotten any smarter. Yeah, it's like never gonna dance. People are like, "Ooh, I bet they don't dance in that." Movie. Yeah, that movie with uh, fucking Astaire and Rogers. They're not. Oh, they're just yeah. not gonna dance. Better not go see it. So they uh, just mm-hmm. called it Swing Time because Swing was all the craze at the time, mm-hmm. and they're cashing in on that by just calling it Swing Time. They could have called it anything, and probably would have done just fine because that was the heyday of these performers. Right. Um, yeah. So I don't know. So who, hey, RJ, who do you think's the better dancer? Uh, that old pop guy. Yeah. He was okay. He had a dancing. <laughs> he did. Yeah. He was fine. Yeah. I don't know. They work <laughs> in unison, bro. It's not about the individual. It's about the team. That's right. Well, people, nerds have this debate kind of like about, Mm. Ewoks and stuff like, like who's that. the stronger Jedi? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, no one cares. Yeah, real, real assholes. Um, mm-hmm. But RJ, not all is swell for some people because there's some people who hate th- this movie. I guess um, we've got Ray. Kind of, Ray yeah. gave this half a star just in August of this year. By I was having a good time, and then Fred Astaire appeared in blackface out of nowhere. Mm. So okay. they checked out. That was is that all of the negative reviews? Uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, one star, Daniel S. I'm trying not to drink because I'm getting over a cold. But damn, if this movie didn't have me lo- glancing longingly at the nip of rum still hanging out on my computer or my countertop. What a boring, lame, goofy, yes. dumb, boring movie. The tap dancing is great. Everything else is unbearable. The songs are bad. The dialogue is a few rewrites south of clever. Fred Astaire's acting, quote unquote, okay. consists charitably of smiling while saying lines with a good dicta- diction. Uh, the awful pants hem thing actually comes back at the end because it was so funny the first time. I guess that person's being sarcastic. Nothing uh-huh. the characters do makes any sense. Nothing has weight. Decisions have no meaning. Lost at gambling. Cool. Everyone just smiles and goes on by to the next scene. It's so bad that a stare dancing in blackface is actually the best scene in the movie. I wish I were kidding. And it's not like I hate musicals or that I don't watch movies from the era. I just can't find much value in this. I would describe my level of entertainment as greater than waiting on hold with the cable provider, but less than reading political arguments on Twitter. Mm, This guy's very witty. Hey, Jarrett, you know what's really cool? When you uh, when you tell people about the cool stuff you do, like uh, how you drink rum and how you like you just leave a little snort on the counter all the time, a little nip of rum, you know, because drinking is cool, bro. You know, real alcoholics don't talk about it. They let the <laughs> drinking do the talking. Uh, okay. Uh, Daniel S. concluded uh, his his little review with here with a link to here's Ginger Rogers in a nice dress. There, I just saved you 105 minutes. <laughs> so he's one of those perverts too. Yeah, he likes to objectify women. He has the higher ground. 
that motherfucker. You don't see me talking about Fred Astaire's fucking massive dong swinging around all the time. Yeah, it's so distracting. That's why this is called swing time. <laughs> nice. Uh, co- great. Cosmic, End the episode. <laughs> Cosmic Monkey, who I think we've heard from before, he yeah. gave this one star. There's poor acting, unfunny mm. jokes, awkward pacing, and a runtime that's 20 minutes too long. They ruined an otherwise phenomenal dance number with a repugnant use of blackface. Not to mention that the only Latino character in the film is traded and bartered around by the other characters like common property, as pointed out by the character. Uh, Fred and Ginger are magical and beautiful together, and they deserve far more than to be stuck in a racist, horrible wreck of a film like this. It's like, yeah, but Fred Astaire, like, was totally in on the thing. Like, yeah. do you do you want to hear the only uh, blackface review that matters? Uh, n- and no. This guy liked the movie too. Oh, oh. So one other thing too is I was uh, hearing was uh, from just skimming around the the blackface scene was removed during screenings of the movie through the sixties. Mm-hmm. I see. But up before then, it was just a good old time, RJ. A good yeah. old time. Yeah, like uh, this guy, uh, David Valkanet, gave it four stars. He said, Fred Astaire randomly appearing in blackface is like a close friend slapping you in the face with his cock. Huh. And this guy likes the movie. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, it's like we said. I thought it was weird. I was like, oh, okay. I was like, I don't know what this has to do with it, but whatever. It's like, it's a product of its time. It is. I'm not going to get mad about it. Yeah. Um, it's like, I don't know, people get mad about this stuff. Uh, some people like to get mad about it because they want to let everyone know that they, that they're mad, that they're like, they they get it, you know, I'm in on it. And sometimes, and then there's people who like, I don't know. I don't know. I hear you dog. Anyways. So I guess that makes swing time not safe, not a safe place for them. Uh, but I watched top hat as well, uh, which is. The movie they made previous to Swing Time and okay. Top Hat. So Top Hat, I definitely think is like the an all time banger bit in Ooh. it. Uh, cheek to cheek, which is mm-hmm. just like uh, of the ones of the God. Now I guess four dance numbers or eight dance numbers I've seen between the two movies. It's like pretty, like pretty amazing. Like it's so well done. It's super okay. cinematic because they do like one of the tricks in the movie. Uh, like, and I don't even have to like lay out what the plot of Top Hat is because it's mm-hmm. the same idea except like it, it's like has a little bit of a dip in summertime because they go to Italy, but it's like fake Italy. And uh, yeah. there's a t- there's like uppity Italian men being angry, which is why I was laughing about your uh, bashing on the Italians earlier. Uh, <laughs> I don't bash on them. It's these Criterion films. It's like, oh, man, it's like always these guys. Like they are uh, like there's one step from talking about ravioli. Mm-hmm. Um, Har- hairy fucking gold chain Italians yeah. and Greeks. No, these, these are all they're always in tuxedos and suits. And like they, uh, they, yeah. they want to die violently and, and, and mm-hmm. do things untoward people who insult their ladies. Uh, so yeah, so yeah, top hat. It's like the same kind of idea. Um, it's more of like a confusion about identities because he's uh, what's her name? So Ginger thinks that like he is married to this woman, but 
it's like a different guy because she never meets that guy. And so he doesn't understand what she, like the, there's an obvious attraction between them, but she thinks he's a scumbag because she's stepping out on his wife. He doesn't seem to care about that because he's not married. Uh, and so it's just like, will they, won't they, when will they find out and they'll finally hook up and stuff like that. It's that type of story. But mm-hmm. there's like the one uh, dance number in this movie, uh, Cheek to Cheek, which is just like absolutely stellar. It's probably the one that like visually is the most parodied and like lifted from. Mm-hmm. Um, where it's just like it starts off in a, in a scene with like a whole bunch of people all dancing around and then but as soon as they kind of like move off camera everyone disappears and it just turns into about them which I think is like really awesome and like oh, yeah. it's like on the nose perhaps nowadays but I think for that period of time it's pretty sophisticated and it's like a really great uh, piece of uh, singing and dancing and everything like all like and there's like the design aspect to it like as far as like mm. the, the set uh, it's really good I, I thought that's like, uh, I think that's, I think Top Hat is generally regarded as the best of their collaborations. Um, sure. It's not in the Criterion collection proper or whatever, for whatever reasons. It's more a Warner Brothers deal. But uh, mm. yeah, so I don't know. Uh, pretty, pretty good. And I mean, it's the same type of story. It's like, I don't know. You can't complain. What's there to complain about? It's good, solid, musical fun. Mm-hmm. That sounds cool. Yeah, I liked it. I dug it. Um, hey, RJ, nice. any other final thoughts here about nah. these people, these d- dancers? Nah, Swing Time's all right. Yeah. You, you give a watch. Mm-hmm. No, this isn't anyone's favorite movie, but maybe some people, some whatever. People but really be into it. But I think, like, uh, I, think I think even for like, yeah, people who are like super Fred Astaire fans, I'm sure that they like other uh, movies maybe a little bit more or it's like it's just not as good as uh, some other stuff let's see how many fans oh yeah it's only it's got a mere 15 fans and how many go. fans does Top Hat have Top Hat has 21 fans there you go and then there's like Funny Face oh Bandwagon I think I have to actually watch that because that won the Academy Award for Best Picture oh hey Fred Astaire's in the Towering Inferno hmm <laughs> And, and is the, that good? Uh it's probably like a, a good old '70s disaster movie. It's probably uh, really long, but nice. I'll watch. I have it actually, and I do need to watch it someday. The '70s for me are for what some people the '30s are, where they like love everything from it. I like everything. From That's the, the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> what? I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I I've, I uh, fetishize the '70s irrationally, and then some people do the same for the '30s. It's because you're a disco kid. Didn't you ever watch Midnight in Paris, directed by Woody Allen? Oh, that rapist? (laughs) Hey. Allegedly. (laughs) After the break, um, RJ's going to black up and show us how it's properly done, just like in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Hmm.
So, RJ, are you in a mad rush to watch more uh, Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers movies now that you've oh, seen? Oh, that's all I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm going to be watching them Swing Time movies all the time, baby. All day, every day. How many of them have blackface? Uh, I think just this one. Mm. I, I'll mind. tell you what, RJ. I, I, I'm almost guarantee you that there is a list on Letterboxd that's got every movie that's got blackface in it. And then you'll know what to watch. How's that sound? What do you think that person's favorite movies are? <laughs> Force Awakens? I don't know. Well, you know what we didn't talk about? Did we not talk about, or did we talk about it last week? Had that come up? The Rotten Apple website? Yeah, you brought okay. that up. Okay, awesome. Uh-huh. That's, I hope that's still going strong. Uh, hey, you can email us at criterioncreeps at gmail.com and, uh, I don't know, talk to us about maybe your favorite movies of the year that you've watched. Mm-hmm. It's that mm-hmm. time yeah, year. that would be nice. That, that's an actual uh, request. Uh, it's that time of year. We'll be doing that one probably two episodes from now, which will be the, the end of the year for reels. Um, we've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We've got that Patreon. And Patreon's fixed all their mistakes. And now they're welcoming people again with open arms. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnloaf. And we're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, all that. Uh, we're back on track doing that creep proper going to spine number 90 and that will be a little Japanese movie called Kwaidon from 1964 directed by Masaki Kobayashi this motherfucker RJ's three hours long <laughs> is that good or is that bad uh, I don't know you gotta be pretty good to justify long run times uh, I've seen this movie not that long ago and I don't know if I really liked it that much so there's a teaser <laughs> whoa uh, but who, who knows maybe I was just not in the mood maybe it will wow me and it will really blow me away because I think a lot of people do like this movie just not me but I'm not weird. but I'm weird I've been told by you all the time that I'm a nerd and I should kill myself I show I could show the messages I'll take screenshots and out you for the bully you are what you should do is just do it already. See, and then there, and then there'd be do, no complaining. Do you people see hear what this guy fucking says to me? Nobody listens to this part at the end, so it doesn't matter. I can be as mean as you as I want, you nerd. Uh, all right, folks. Uh, talk to you later. Talk to you never.